Retro nonsense in the house, y'all. Autobots, transform and roll out. No, I am your father. No! No, Joe! He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Hello and welcome to the Retro Nonsense Podcast. I'm Duke and with me as always is my good friend Chris Roberts and we are at episode 29 and it is July the 16th. So first, thank you uh, for being patient to the audience. Um, it's been a, a couple of months, but we've had a very busy summer and we had a difficult time getting our schedules to line up. But we are back in front of the mics, eager to entertain our listeners and we're going to have a fun show. So we kind of, in lieu of a heavy topic, we decided since it's been a while just to kind of have a loosey-goosey episode and just kind of chit-chat about some stuff that we've been recently involved in and some recent pickups and stuff like that and maybe some fun surprises as well but before we get into the main topic uh chris how you doing i'm doing good how are you doing i'm doing good as if we didn't do this before but (laughs) right this is for the audience (laughs) right 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 so let's let's first talk about we have a couple beat the bandies to talk about because you know it's been a couple of months so first we had um back in may we had Space Invaders that we played on the, the Atari 2600. And um, so I was sitting comfortably in the lead. And the very last day, our buddy Ferg came in and essentially doubled my score that I yeah, thought I had locked in. Yeah, he gave a pretty vicious beat down. <laughs> and kudos to him. He posted a video uh, on the Discord of it, which was really cool. So he uh, got 23,150 to my like 10,000 something. So congratulations, Ferg. Uh, I'm so glad we had another player and it's cool that uh, you destroyed me. So uh, that's awesome. So thanks for playing along. I hope you play along again. I know Ferg's a big Atari guy. He does the Atari 2600 game by game podcast. I've met him a couple times at conventions. He's a super cool guy. He actually lives local to me uh, in Delaware. And uh, I'm glad to have him uh, play along. So that was really cool. And then after that, in March, I'm sorry, March, in June, we did um, Mario Brothers on the NES. And let's see here. I won that one with a score of 140,900. I had a lot of fun with that one. Um, Bandy said he didn't like it very much. He kind of gave up on it and just said it was kind of kind of boring or something. So I liked that game. I had a lot of fun playing it. What about you, Chris? I, I, you, have you played that? Oh, of course. Um I don't see how that game is more or less boring than, you know, Balloon Fight or some of these other games that you played. I mean, it's just repetitive motions, except if, where I'll give it its credit, it changes. I mean, not every level is the same. I mean, the structure is yeah. the same, but the enemies are different. And um, yeah. the challenge, uh, once you start to get the variety of, uh, you got those kind of freeze and uh, yeah yeah freeze the the platform yeah right and the birds that you have to hit or not birds but the insects that you have to hit twice and yep um the crabs you got them running around uh so uh i don't know i think it's a it's a pretty challenging old school arcade game i like it 
Yeah, and the NES version is a great a great uh, port. It's great. So I had a lot of fun with it. I was really enjoying it. And then Matt's like, yeah, it's not very fun. Well, when so, you're getting a beat down, it's probably not That's very probably fun. what it was. He got, you know, his his morale was diminished, and he just yeah. kind of got frustrated. I mean, he threw up a, this really big score first day, and he was out. <laughs> probably threw a couple controllers, maybe dented his wall. He got angry. I can but see that But he happening. did, uh, I don't know if I'm uh, violating uh, any sort of confidentiality here, but he sent me a text. He got a new Sony TV. Uh, I mean, old new. And uh, so that might make the difference. So, oh, a CRT? You, you, yeah, he got himself a, oh. a nice little Sony Trinitron. Um, Very cool. I didn't know you that. Might, yeah, you might be in trouble. Oh, man, that might up his game some. Get that crisper screen going. You get the, to see the exactly, pixels better. Exactly. I think he's been <laughs> handicapped this whole time. Because That's got to uh, be what. That's, only, uh, that's the only explanation, that he's that bad. Right. It's, I don't know what else it could be. It's got to be the TV. Yeah. Right. So yeah, you're in trouble. Right, I mean, whatever streaks we'll... you had going on is they're coming <laughs> to an end soon. So currently we are playing Mega Mania, which is an Activision Atari twenty six hundred game. Very fun shooter. Kinda has some unique gameplay elements. It's kind of like a Space Invaders clone, but it has some uniqueness to it that I find kind of fun. So I'm I'm currently ahead at sixty five thousand seven eighty. So there is plenty of time left in the month to jump on hopefully i'll get this episode out in a couple days and there'll be plenty of time left before the end of the month to jump on there and throw your scores up if you want so been having a lot of fun with the beat the bandy challenge last couple months thanks again matt as always for putting that together and picking the games and you know really appreciate it so with that out of the way um next on my notes here i just had us uh talking about some recent things that we've been doing and I, I have one here that I went to uh, too many games now last time I went to too many games Chris you were here at my house and came along with me I can't believe it's been a year it yeah, seems like just yesterday quick. that <laughs> that you were here uh, in my room and hanging out with me and we explored uh, Philadelphia and did all kind of fun stuff and had a great time and had a really good time at too many games man we both got some really cool pickups that year um, yeah. So in contrast to that, I didn't really um, get a lot this year. I got four four games. I got two 7,800 games and two 2,600 games. And I also got a vinyl of uh, some Metroid music that was really cool to, to get. But um, the game hunting, it wasn't that there weren't, there weren't any good games. I just, I just wasn't as into it this year. I didn't have like a list together of things that I wanted. So that was just kind of my experience. I had a great time. I uh, went with my son, Luke, and his girlfriend. And uh, I also met some um, community members there. I met Travis um, from Polykill. He's a super cool guy. does a great podcast. He's actually been – he's the only other person besides you, Chris, that's been in my, in my house, in my room here. So um, you share that with him. Well, but I don't like cool him guy. at all. No, <laughs> I don't like that at all. <laughs> Screw yeah, you, Travis. So... What are you doing? <laughs> Stay in your I also lane, saw, buddy. What are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Well, um, I also met Haji there. I've, I've met him before, but I saw uh, Nintendo Hodge there, fellow Cartridge Club member. Um, and I think it was cool. He's been doing this uh, Road to 600 video series, um, trying to get 600 NES games. And I'm pretty sure at Too Many Games, he got his, like, he surpassed his goal. So, yeah. He got some good pickups there. So that was pretty cool. And also, I met. Um, I met again uh, Skyler from Discart, who is another Cartridge Club member that I have met multiple times. He lives also um, 
near me, I think in Virginia. So I often bump into him at too many games and other local conventions. So we chatted for a little while too. So that was kind of fun. But I had a great time there. And um, I spent the whole day there with my son. And we, you know, just had a great time. And I just thought we'd springboard a little bit into our current uh, state of game collecting. Where, where do you stand currently with your your interest and your activity as far as uh, video game collecting? Um. Well, my NES collection is basically uh, done. I mean, I yeah, I only have five games left, and those five are pretty expensive. And unless I find them and get like kind of like a really lucky kind of thing, I probably won't own those. So I feel like that's a complete set. Um, there's a couple of boxes I wouldn't mind getting, um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of I don't know. I just I don't. I don't feel the drive for it anymore. I mean, I still love my collection, and it's not going anywhere. You know, I enjoy it, and whenever I want to play it or just stand there and stare at it, that's cool. But, I mean, like the Mario Karts, that's all done. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, if I come across some cheap Atari games, you know, I'm always interested in something I don't have. But, I mean, I'm not actively seeking anything right now. Yeah, that's kind of where I am. Um, I I tell you, if I would have been a little more prepared, I probably would have hunted for more games. Um, I just didn't have the time and I wasn't in the mindset. It's been a very busy summer for me, as I mentioned before, with my work and everything. So it was all I could do to scramble together and get myself out the door and get there on time and everything and (laughs) actually be there because just life's been so chaotic. But if I would have been a little more planned out and had some more time to kind of look at my games and make a list of things I wanted, I could have made it a, a, a fuller experience as far as the game hunting went. But yeah, I'm pretty much at that same place. Um, I love my collection. It's not going anywhere. And um, I knew it would come to this at some point where I pretty much have all the games I, I wanted like um, from my childhood or games that I knew were popular and wanted to play, all that kind of stuff, and have a solid library from all the systems that I collect for, you know, NES, Super Nintendo, Atari, all that stuff. Um, and I'll just slowly kind of, if I stumble across something I want or find interesting, I'll pick it up. Or if they're games that people recommend to me, I'll pick them up. Some of the homebrew stuff is kind of cool as well. But I'm pretty much at that point where it's it's pretty much done. And like like I saw you doing last year, you know, you were kind of hunting more for manuals and, and um, some of the boxes and stuff like that. I got plenty of that ahead of me because I don't have – and that could be fun too, looking for manuals and trying to get games yeah. to be complete, you know, the box, stuff like that. So that – it'll never end, you know, but it's just not in that aggressive – stage that I had been in for a while there where I was, you know, picking up 20, 30 games at conventions and stuff like that. Um, but I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it because, you know, I've, I've also moved on to other, um, other avenues of collecting. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I'm now kind of focused on some vinyl collecting and some cassette tapes and stuff like that. So it's all the same thing. Um, to me, it's all the same hobby. It's just different kind of tendrils of it or, or facets of it. So, because I know you, you still collect plenty of things. You just don't, sure. I guess, focus I, on video games. Well, I, I I don't know, man. I just like old things. So when I go to, a, you know, an estate sale and stuff, I'm just as much looking in the kitchen or the garage or you know like i'm all, I'm all over the place so like i could find a cool lamp that i like or something i mean there's there's tons of old yeah. things that i i'm enjoying um but uh you know i don't have any real active goals i mean i you know i have like maybe 20 manuals left for the nes 
set, which, you know, there's still going to be some tough ones in that group, but, um, yeah. so I'll probably, you know, at some point, but I mean, I still have some wish books I'd like to get. And so, yeah, yeah. you know, like, I guess it never truly ends, but on the other hand, I like, I don't feel, um, I don't feel like a need right now, but if anything, I'm kind of just enjoying what I got and yeah, that's it. Yeah. Same here. The, the hunting phase is slowing down, but the enjoyment of my now like complete room, I'm very much enjoying. I come out here and I'll sometimes just read or put some music on or play some games or watch a, you know, VHS tape. So that I'm very much, you know, cause for a while there I was building this room. I was kind of slowly getting it to, to where I wanted it. And now it's like kind of fully there. And I, I'm very much enjoying that and sp springboarding off of that. You know, I also, recently acquired a really cool uh, stereo system that I wanted to kind of talk about real quick. So <clears throat> as I mentioned many times before in different episodes, a lot of the stuff that I have, I've been given um, by my customers very generously. And um, I recently had a similar um, scenario where I was in somebody's home working and uh, they had this stereo system in their garage. And I just casually mentioned and I wasn't really trying to like I, you know sometimes I'll do that I'll be like I'll, I'll kind of like trigger them to maybe say yeah I don't use this anymore you can have it or you know hey you want to buy it or something like that I was genuinely just complimenting him on it because I didn't I didn't think he was trying to get rid of it but it was in his garage and he's like oh yeah you want that and I was like really he's like yeah you know his mother had passed away and I, his mother was also a customer of mine that I've done work for before so I probably saw it in her house and didn't even you know realize it. But um, he had it in his garage and he was getting ready to take it to the dump. And I'm like, so here it is. It's this entire complete Sony stereo system from 1985, complete mint condition, had every component. Every component was Sony. You could tell this thing was bought as a complete set in the Sony case with the glass door and the record holder at the bottom. Uh, had complete um, turntable. Uh, receiver, what do you call it? The equalizer, double cassette deck, everything, the whole thing, a CD player, and the big, the big wooden stereos to go with. I'm sorry, speakers that go with it, and all the cabling. All the cables were marked with little tapes that said this goes here. It was like immaculate, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" So me and Bobby, my son, um, carefully put it in the back of my truck and I took it home and I it sat in my room for a couple of weeks before I had time to tinker with it and finally I had some time and over a weekend and I went in there and, and cleaned took it all apart and cleaned it all up real good with some rags and cleaner and got it all dusted up and cleaned and I started plugging it in and it all worked great and I was so excited so I got that put in my room here and it replaced my old system was great too but now I'm going to give that to my daughter up in her bedroom and I have this new, really cool, vintage uh, 85 stereo system in my, in my room. So th that's that's what I was going to say is that that I'm having fun with that kind of stuff, too, and collecting electronics and really in the vinyl these days. My wife and I go to vinyl shops. We have a couple of them local to us and have a, a, also a friend that I um, hang out with um, often here locally that we go to record shops sometimes together and hunt for records, and he gives me records all the time. He's got a huge collection, but... So that, that's kind of been a lot of my focus as well, along with VHS tapes and everything. So again, like, like we just talked about, it, to me, it's all the same hobby. You know, this retro room, that as I call it, and all the stuff in here, it's all the same thing. But the video games, 
centric, aggressive collecting has kind of slowed down and I've just kind of uh, moved on to some other things. But it's still, I'm having fun with all of it, you know. Do you do uh, much vinyl collecting these days or no, music collecting? I haven't. I, I haven't. Um, whenever I rearranged the room that uh, my stereo was in, um, I ended up putting it in the a spare room, and I haven't really got back to, uh, you know, getting it all set up. Stuff. So I haven't listened to a record in a while. Gotcha. But, I mean, I still like them. I mean, I've, I think if there's one thing I could find a slippery slope to might be Laserdisc, because... Uh, a few months ago, I I did a trade with a local guy. Um, I, I don't. He saw some. Uh, I had found a rob down at the coast um, for a couple of bucks, and you know I made a post about it or whatever. And so he started like just sending me all these trade offers and everything. And I was like, I, I didn't really care one way or the other. You know, I didn't need it. I have you know like five robs because I mean like really who doesn't you know. But uh, <laughs> I've got one. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm a poser, anyway. I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, <laughs> real collectors is what I meant. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> but uh, so, uh, you know, I kind of felt bad because he always kind of hooks me up when he, because he, he's a salesman, so he travels a lot and he, you know, makes his round at thrift stores and stuff. So he's always looking for me, looking out for me for things like VHS tapes and. And, you know, and, like, uh, sometimes he'll have little TVs that he's, you know, like, you know, he, he gets something new that he likes better, and he's looking to pawn it off on someone. And so, you know, he's a, he's a nice, I mean, he's a nice guy, but he's also, like, a nice resource as well. Like, I don't want that to sound bad, but I also don't want to yeah. mess that up. So when he's, like, I knew how bad he wanted this Rob, and it didn't really mean much to me. So um, he offered me a, a Pioneer laser disc player, and it's, it's actually a, a really nice unit. Um, it has the auto flipper, so you don't have to eject it and flip the disc. Because it's kind of silly. These giant discs couldn't fit on one side. The movie couldn't, apparently. But um, Yeah, I know. But they're just kind of neat. It's just, you know, it just kind of goes back to, like, uh, it's like listening to a cassette. I mean, obviously, there's better forms uh, of a medium to listen to, but it's still cool, you know? So you and have one of... hooked up and that you use that you can watch discs on now? Oh, yeah. He even gave oh, okay, me a cool. couple. Uh, he even gave me a couple um, to go with it. Uh, gave me Mad Max, The Road Warrior, and oh yeah, um, he gave me like three or four discs that come that are nice. And I'm just like, oh, that's cool, man. Thanks. Like you know, he wanted me to be happy with the trade, and I really was. Uh, anyway, so it kind of worked out, and then I ended up like just randomly finding the remote, which was just, you know, like the. You know, the icing on the cake, I just out <laughs> looking around. And, I mean, it's like the, the odds of finding this exact remote, I don't know what they were, but they had to be slim. And wow. um, found it, so, at a thrift. And so that was cool. So That's cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I recently, well, recently, about two, three months ago, I, I um, a late-night impulse buy. But it, was, it wasn't much. I found, a, like, a first like a first printing of uh, the Terminator on Laserdisc. And it looks really cool because um, it matches my uh, my first print of the v of the VHS. So kind of felt like that was neat. And um, so I picked that up for like 13 bucks or something. So it's, it's not necessarily a cheap hobby, but I'm also not necessarily looking for, you know, 
I'm not looking to spend a lot of money on it. So it's like whatever I come across, if it's cheap and if it's something that I'm interested enough in. Like, I'm not just getting movies just to get them. You know, they have to be something right. that means something to me. Um, you know, unless they're free, I guess. But then, even then, I probably would just pass them on because I don't, you know. Like, there's certain movies that's like, I know I'm never going to watch them. So what's the point of taking up space? Yeah. You know? But, um, you just showed that off on the VHS show, didn't you? I did. Yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, if, if, uh, spoiler alert, if you watch that show, uh, you might get a couple of repeats from me because I haven't, <laughs> I definitely haven't picked up anything since the recording. <laughs> and um, yeah, so. But, Go yeah. check it out, by the way. I'm, I was, it was fun to watch you guys be back and I'm, I'm, it was a fun watch and I always enjoy that show. So kudos to you and Bill on your VHS. What is, what is it officially called? The VHS collection show, or what? Uh, oh, Midnight is flashing Live is the VHS Live. Yeah, VHS Live is the show, but v, v, we never stick to it. I mean, that's what I call it. Um, he calls it the VHS show. It's whatever you want. Just tune in. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. Call it whatever. You can come up with your own title. Put it in the comments. You know. Always a good time. Always yeah, a fun watch. Uh, Bill's a really great, great guy. It's always fun to talk to. Um, you know, feel like we got pretty good chemistry on the show. So Absolutely. It's a fun. It's fun to record, and um, you know, always appreciate uh, anybody who wants to pop in and talk about tapes. Yeah, it's always fun in the chat. You guys are always responding to questions and and showing the comments, and it's a it's very interactive. And yeah, it's always a good time. Would you Would you say, Chris, that your current VHS collecting is is what your video game collecting used to be. Are you just as kind of aggressive as you used to be with your NES collecting and whatnot? Well, I kind of feel like even though um, I feel like the secret's out about how cool VHS tapes are because there's a lot more people. <laughs> it's so funny how many people that I and I'm not claiming to be any sort of influencer or nothing. Uh, don't I don't want this to come off that way. But it is funny that there's a lot of people who follow me on Instagram, and I follow them too, you know, friends or whatever, who all of a sudden have, like, got the bug. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's kind of cute looking at their pickups and how excited they are. And I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I guess. You know, if you don't have it, uh, cool, you know. But um, I've kind of, uh, you know, like, I'm looking for unique items. I mean, yeah, if it's a cool tape that I want, you know, like a store release tape, that's cool too. But, I mean, I have generally shifted more towards just – you know, finding people's home recordings, digging through the tapes, finding uh, cool, re you know, like uh, recently I, um, going back to Bob, um, I think I actually misspoke on the podcast. I, I, I mixed up where I got this particular tape from, but I actually got it from Bob now that I was thinking about it. But uh, he gave me a bag of tapes, and one of them, when I popped it in, it had the, um, the broadcast premiere of Lethal Weapon, which I thought was yeah. pretty cool. And, you know, just yeah. just the fact of hearing him saying that he's too old for this stuff, you know, was yep. uh, pretty cool. <laughs> you know what Classic. I mean? I just, it gave me a pretty good, good laugh, edit. you know. And then there was yeah. another one where uh, there was another dumb thing that Mel Gibson, oh, I have to remember it. But it was it was super goofy what he said compared to what he really said. And it's just like, yeah, that's great, yeah. man. I, I, I needed that. That was a Those TV a edits watch. are fun. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's a fun I, I tell watch. You, Any, anytime you can find an R-rated TV edit, I suggest, even if you don't want to keep it, um, watch it. Because it's, it's it has such a charm to it. You know, and keep in mind, when I watched this as a kid, it was annoying. Because, you know, I didn't want my cuss words bleeped. And I didn't want the 
boobs edited out and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I wanted yeah. to see what was in the movie, but as an adult, uh, going back watching it, there's like this charm to it. You know, the fact that you know some technician, and and that's what's great about having Bill with me on the show or our show, because he used to do stuff like that. You know, help out with some of these edits and everything because wow. he, you know, he works for a TV station. You know, in yeah. his region. So I'm sure there's probably national edits, and then there's probably regional edits and local edits. So there's all these different things out there. And uh, sometimes, you know, they had access to the original library. So, uh, I mean, like the the full movie, you know, as opposed to, uh, you know, like if you watched HBO, they're going to get, you know, the theatrical version, and that's all HBO would have got. But I'm assuming these TV stations or somebody had access to all of it because sometimes they cut it down so much they had to take deleted scenes and add them into the movie to extend it. And there's all these yes. lost yeah. there's all these lost cuts that come up and one that I'm really looking yeah. for is the thing and I when I find it believe me I'll send you a copy that oh, it has that a thing really is freaky man. Yeah. It has a real edit. weird edit to it <laughs> yeah. and I just would be neat to watch it and um, recently some people have well Last year, I think uh, one of the edits came out that a lot of people were talking about was the planes, trains, and automobile edit, where there's a there's like an airplane scene that didn't make it, you know, didn't make the final cut. So there's these neat little edits out there. They're really fun to find. Um, uh, some of it, like you know, is a cause of a basic Mandela effect because people would watch these movies and were like, "What happened to that one scene? There was this," and people would think they're crazy. You know, like, yeah, no, it's not. Yeah. Here's the movie. What are you talking about? You know, and you got to keep in mind, like, uh, you know, DVDs, you know, even prior to DVDs, you really didn't have access to deleted scenes. Uh, some VHS tapes put them on there. There were some. But that was kind of a late kind of thing where they were trying yes. to keep you engaged in VHS. So they would give you these little extras, commentary things and stuff like that. But DVDs really opened up that market where they gave you a little more for your buck where... You know, and even some like the Terminator 2 DVD, that was actually the thing that in X-Files is the thing that got me to buy a breakdown and buy a DVD player, which was, um, you know, like I was, whole, you know, not really into it at the time. But I when I saw what they were getting, you know, the the Terminator, uh, the first one, I believe it was like the ultimate edition or the I don't know. It had a name to it, but it came and it had like this silver, like a, a hard uh, case that slipped on a slip case. And I had that. Yeah. And it was really cool. And yeah. uh, there was a Easter egg where you can, you know, click a button and do whatever. And you, it would pop up this director's cut that gave you the movie as originally intended before they cut it down for the theaters. And uh, some, some of those scenes I think are worthy and some of them kind of dragged the movie along. But it is kind of neat to see it because then you kind of it fills in some blanks that maybe you didn't realize were there. Like, for instance, yeah. um, there is a point in the movie where, um, you know, and we're talking about Terminator 2 here, where uh, Arnold, um, they're in a gas station. This is after they were on the run or whatever, and they were in Mexico. And um, they're talking to him about, like, uh, you know, like learning and stuff. And his, he, does he have the ability to learn and to adapt? And he said that, uh, you know, that that function is turned off, that they have to basically cut his head open, open it up, pull this chip out, reset something and stick it back in. Well, that whole scene's cut out in the theatrical version. 
But you don't really need it, but it is, if you know that it's there, there is definitely a difference between pre-scene and post-scene of Arnold. You could see him starting to, you know, uh, you know, like him replying to John in the car about Asa La Vista, baby, and no problemo and all that stuff. That's him learning. You know what yeah. I mean? So yep. um, it is kind of a neat little scene. There's other scenes like uh, the T-1000. Uh, he's glitching. And uh, they don't really focus on that in the theatrical cut. But um, there are parts where you kind of notice it, where he's looking at his hand and he's messing with it a little bit. But uh, these extra scenes, there's a little more of it where he's walking in his foot. Uh, his Half his body looks like this stripe that he's standing on on the ground. You know, like he, yep, his, his yep, body's yep. starting to glitch. You know what I mean? And um, because he had got frozen by, you know... Uh, I want to say carbonite, but it was, you know, whatever, Freon or whatever was in <laughs> that truck. Yeah, whatever yeah. was in that truck that uh, froze him. Liquid nitrogen. Yeah, liquid nitrogen. There you go. And um, so, yeah, it really jacked him up. So that's kind of a cool little scene, too. But anyways, it, it, it is fun looking for it. Typically, they're really cheap. And um, since we're kind of – I might be skipping ahead here. But recently, um, I did talk about it on the other show, so – you know, sorry if you're hearing a repeat story, but there was a, a Facebook post where this guy had, um, uh, he, he said hundreds of tapes for free, and they were all, uh, you know, like television recording tapes or home recordings, blanks, right? And uh -huh. uh, so I messaged him, hey, you know, you still got him, and, and his replies were kind of weird. It wasn't necessarily something that he said, but it was kind of like how he worded how his replies. And it's hard to, if you read it, you would know what I mean, but... There was a little something odd about the guy. But um, anyways, I ended up like, okay, I'm going to come see you this Saturday or something. Or after work or whatever it was. So I drove straight to his house right after work. And uh, when I got there, um, you know, it's the only time I've ever really felt nervous at a pickup. And I don't know why, because <laughs> he didn't really do anything. But it was just kind of like, I don't know, like he gave me Jeffrey Dahmer vibes. I mean, he was like oh, tall and thin and, and he... You know, he was telling me that his dad had died recently or well, he didn't even say recently, but he said it was his dad's things and his mom was wanting him to get rid of them. But yet I didn't see mom anywhere. And it was like eight o'clock on a Saturday night. You know, I had worked that weekend and I'm thinking like, uh, OK, <laughs> did you kill your mother and dad or what's going on? <laughs> oh and then, it, you know, it was just really awkward. At one point I was standing in this hallway. Uh, there was this hallway that. Um, the door that goes to the room that the tapes were in were in front of me, but he was in there grabbing the tapes and kind of handing them to me, and I was sticking them in a box. But he decided that he wanted to go into his garage to grab something, so he had to walk past me, and the garage was kind of to my left. I mean, it was I could reach out and touch the door. But when he went into the garage, the way he kind of like slid around the door like he didn't want me to see what was in the garage, in my mind, I'm thinking like... <laughs> Is your mom in People there? People in there hanging like, on hooks or something. What's going on in this garage? Like, I had oh no interest God. in the garage until he did that. And I'm like, I was, I felt my heart rate going up a little bit. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I'm just being crazy. And, you know, so and then at this point, I don't think I knew his name. Or if he mentioned I have, I hadn't got his name yet. I mean, it might have been in the Facebook ad, but I didn't pay attention to that. So at one point, I was trying to, like, break the ice or at least the ice for me. So I started like a little small talk with him. And uh, so I was like, uh, well, my name's Chris. So what's your name? And he says, Antonio. And I'm looking at him and he, I don't know. He didn't look like an Antonio. You know what I mean? He looked more <laughs> like a Jeb or a, 
or you know a bill or something. He didn't look like an Antonio, all right. And I'm thinking like Antonio, what? <laughs> like that don't make any sense. <laughs> and he also had a weird accent where every time he said something, he kind of followed it up with like yeah or uh or something. Like he almost had like a sling blade vibe going on and part oh Canadian, something. It was weird. Part so Canadian, that, right? So the other question I asked him was, uh, so you. Have you lived around here very long? And he tells me his whole life. Now, this guy is in his 40s. There's nobody in Fresno that talks like this who... It's just... The story wasn't adding up. And to cap it off, at one point, he starts to... I think I might have said something about the neighborhood. Again, probably just nervous chatter on my part. And he says, uh, yeah, it's a quiet neighborhood. And then he stops for a minute. And then he follows that up with... Well, there used to be these girls across the street, and uh, the guys would always be coming over here for them, and they'd be fighting over them, and there was all kinds of noise, and the neighborhood was getting loud and rowdy, and then they went away, and then it got quiet again, and I'm thinking, like, man, are they buried here, too? Are they in the garage? <laughs> went away. Like, yeah, he's I just made like, them they go went away. away. Yeah, and I'm like, man, ah, oh, dude, I got to get out of here. that's what was in the garage. I don't know, but anyway. Maybe he's got so a couple we, freezers out there. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm thinking like, man, your mom, she's, I mean, if he's in his 40s, maybe 50s, his mom's got to be in the 70s or 80s. Like, where is she at on a Saturday night? Like, let's be real, right? Anyway, yeah. I ended up getting the trunk full, and I got out of there. I probably left with maybe like 200 tapes, right? And um, I, I initially wasn't going to go back. But he had messaged me a couple times, and it was in the middle of the afternoon. I thought, ah. Oh, and another thing. This is the only time I've ever texted somebody. I text my son to let him know where I was at. I said, listen, if you don't hear from me in an hour, this is where I'm at. I'm not getting it. And I, oh I, feel, I feel foolish about it now, but I don't know. I had a vibe, man. It felt weird. Oh, my God. So uh, I ended up going back a week or two later. And um, uh, this time... He comes out, and his personality was, like, completely different. I mean, he still talked funny, but he seemed uh, more pap in a step, a little more alert. Now, maybe he was just nervous of me. It's like, that completely possible. That's very possible. But something was different, and I'm still thinking to myself, like, man, he's got that mom in the garage. I hope. Uh, let's just get in and out, right? Round the corner, here comes mom. This little sweet little Mexican lady. So I'm like, wow, all his story checked out. There's mom. He is at least half Mexican. You know what I mean? So Antonio, it all checked out. His mom was so sweet. Come in, come in, mijo, and, you know, check all this stuff Aww. out. And she was. She could have been any nicer, and so was Antonio. And Antonio, if you're listening, I'm really sorry I doubted you, man. Uh, it was awkward for me. But, but um, yeah, I don't think Antonio's listening, but you never know. You never know, but you never know. Um, it was kind of neat though. Some of the tapes, I mean, I'm still going through them. Like I, you know, I'll pop in like 10 or 15, just kind of scan them and get a generalized idea of what's on the tape. And if I like it, I'll put it to the side. And if, and if it's, you know, like a TV or if it's like a, a tape dub, dub or, a, or just something on there that I don't want at all, then I put it in a box that's going to go to someone else or whatever. I got friends well, who need blanks. So let me ask you a couple things. First of all, are any of these labeled? Yeah, some of them have writing on them. Some of them don't. Uh, there okay. are all kinds of stuff. Sometimes the label match what's on. Sometimes it doesn't. But 
I will tell you, um, I have found some great tapes. I found one that had uh, afternoon cartoons on that would have been during the time I was still watching cartoons. I mean, there's a lot of local stuff, little old tapes. I found um, a lot of different broadcasts that I'm happy to have. There's a, a full tape of Full House from... Cut it out. Get out of here. 1993. You know, like, so they record oh, as, yeah. like, brand new episodes all... So that was cool, and there's yeah, uh, yeah. there's a full tape of um, uh, Beverly Hills 90210. That's from the time. There's oh, a there's a man. there's a full tape of Unplugged, the MTV series. That's got all kinds of. Di- I forgot that that was actually a series. I felt like that was a special, but it wasn't. Oh, no, it was actually. No. There's quite. Yeah, a few. I don't. It's been so long. I forgot. I I knew there was more than one person who had done it. I mean, to me, the big one is Nirvana, but. There are other ones that from that time frame, uh, it, like a lot of the alternative you know, can, guys were making their rounds. Yeah, I can remember a few off the top of my head. I definitely remember the Nirvana one. I remember Pearl Jam mm-hmm. did it. Yeah. Um, I remember Natalie Merchant did it. Yeah, remember her? She Not was barely, she was yeah. huge there for a while. She did that. Um, she had a couple of hits, but uh, I wasn't a big fan or anything. I just she was very no, popular you, in the nineties. You, you don't have to. Well, I, I don't like. <laughs> Safe space. Um, and I'm trying to remember. Oh, Live did a M- Unplugged, which is one of my. I, I did like that band a lot. Live. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it was. It was a popular series for sure. Right. So uh, a couple that come to mind, or at least one that really stands out to me, is there's a, a Paul McCartney episode, which I thought was really cool. And. Um, wow. The, anyways, the tape has I think six episodes on it. And it's cool. uh, all with the commercials. I mean, uh, oh man, you know, some of them are edited stuff, not this particular tape. So those just got to go because, I mean, they're no use to me. Um, unless it was like a TV edit of something real specific, then I would probably keep it. But, you know, but then yeah. one of the like it's this is this is only going to really matter to local people. And what I mean, local, I mean, actually, like this town, not the state kind of local. But, um, yeah. There's a there's a local junior high. Uh, the name of it is uh, Edison Computech. Now Edison is a high school, but um, they they um, portioned. I'm I don't know. Uh, from my understanding, part of the school's portioned off for like a technical middle school. So I believe it's like seventh and eighth or sixth, seventh and eighth. And uh, when I was a kid, uh, because of our test scores. Um, they would recruit kids to go to these technical schools, and I, I got recruited to it, but I wasn't interested in it. Plus, it probably wouldn't have worked out anyways. We ended up moving, but um, I didn't actually go to it, but um, I, it's, it's, it's a known thing. Anybody around here knows of Computech, and um, well, I, it, it kind of kills me because like, I probably would have been on these tapes because it was from this time. It would have been exactly when I would have been there. And uh, the first one that caught my eye, it says blow up 85. So, you know, like uh, like 1985, 85. So when I first okay. saw the tape, I thought, well, that looks interesting. I wonder if that was some sort of MTV concert or something. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. something from 1985, like a special or something. So I pop it in. And the first thing I see on the screen is this giant green pumpkin on a platform off into the distance. And there's no, there's no, nothing else in the screen other than sky behind it. So the way they had the camera is set focused on this, and there was really nothing in the background to interfere uh, with the shot. And right. uh, but you can hear all these kids talking, 
Like, so much so that it, it, it sounded fake. It sounded like canned audio, right? Right. So I'm looking at this, and I'm like, what the hell? I'm trying to, like, listen in to try to, like, pick up on a conversation. And I probably could with headphones, but, you know, just on the regular television. I mean, it's just so many people talking at once. I mean, we're talking, like, a couple hundred kids at least all talking at one time. You know, all these separate conversations going on. So I'm watching it. So I'm thinking, huh. So I start fast-forwarding a little bit, and I stop, and it's still the same shot, and it's still all these kids talking. So I fast-forward a little bit, and I press play again. You know, I'm like the cue fast-forward where you can still see the screen. Mm-hmm, right. And um, all of a sudden, I start to hear a countdown. Ten, nine. I'm like, oh, what's going on here? They Then all of a sudden, they get to, you know, one, this giant pumpkin explodes. So there's the blow-up, <laughs> right? And then you can just hear the, you know, everybody's cheering, yeah, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, laughing and cheering and everything. And then you can start to hear these, this little conversation with these kids really clearly. And they're talking about, like, oh, I hope we got it good. Did we get it? Yeah, we got it. No worry. It was recording. Okay, turn it off. So it, it, then it turned into, like, a found footage vibe where these kids are like trying to mess with this recording setup. I'm assuming it was like one of those things where like the camcorder was connected to the VCR kind of deal. Cause considering right. the time frame, uh, it felt, it might've been a standard camcorder, but I doubt it the way it was it, just the way they were sounding. It sounded like there was two separate things going on, like a units or whatever. So they were having trouble turning it off, but then they turned it off the kid. And then it, then somehow it comes back on. And the kids are like, I turned it off, you know? And it's like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> so they're messing with it again, and then it turns off again. Then it comes back on again. So they did that a couple of times, and eventually it goes off for good. So then uh, the tape starts to play a little bit. Now it's static. All of a sudden, it kicks into Star Trek. So this tape couldn't be any nerdier. Some kid <laughs> or, or the teacher used their Star Trek tape where they were recording all the syndicated – now, this was – Gen 1, you know, not the yeah. next gen. 60s. But, yeah, uh, so this was a syndicated, you know, uh, play of it, which would have been on the channel, at, you know, Channel 26, our local, which is now a Fox affiliate. But, um, so it starts recording that, and then it kicks in a commercial, and then all of a sudden it kicks to the news. So uh, they they must have popped the tape back in and decided to record the news that night. And then you get the whole play-by-play of what this whole event was about, and it was a... I believe it was the second annual or maybe it was the third annual time they did this. And uh, the newscast was out there treating it like it was a real, you know, it's like one of those local feel-good pieces that they do. That's so cool. And these kids were all, like, they were dressed up in costumes. Like, they were like, and President Reagan and uh, Vice President Bush has shown up. And the kid who was Reagan had a Reagan mask on. And the kid, because they probably didn't have George Bush yeah, the kid who was George Bush, they probably didn't have George Bush mask. He was wearing a suit, and he, like, taped a tree branch to his face. You know what I mean? What? So he was, like, George Bush. Oh, get it? I see, yeah. Or, like, a piece <laughs> of a bush or whatever. Maybe it wasn't a tree, but, you know, it looked like a branch or whatever. And oh uh, and then they started interviewing the crowd. So there was, like, a protest crowd that was there to rescue. So it was, like, a mock thing, I'm sure. But they were there to prevent the explosion they were trying to save the pumpkin right and then uh-huh. so there are all these kids dressed up in you know the anarchy vibe of the day so you're seeing all these different clothes styles and it's just really neat 
And then it shifts to the so pro cool. crowd, and all these kids are just like ecstatic, and they're holding pieces of the pumpkin. And so this poor newscaster is in the middle of all these boys yelling and <laughs> screaming and everything. And she looked like she was having a great time, so it was really fun. And then, um, so as I start digging through these tapes, because like there was no rhyme or reason to the order, you know, I'm just throwing them in my trunk. So as I'm bringing them out, I'm putting them in boxes. And if I see something that looked interesting, I'd put it to the side. And I'm just trying to box these things up until I can get to them. And um, I found another one that said Edison Computech, the motion picture on there. So I popped this in. This kid just had the day to himself. He's just walking around with his camera, recording in the class, recording outside. The only drag of it is, is like a big chunk of it. He must have forgot to put the mic on, or maybe he didn't have access to the mic, because it was probably one of those old, more primitive cameras where you had to put all these different pieces on separately. Yeah, yeah. You know, he probably had the strap around his neck to hold the VCR, because I own one of these things. They don't work, but I, I have one, so I know exactly what he was using. So it came with a camera that hooked to a VCR, right? And the VCR went around your neck, so you held yep. that. And the mic was probably a separate thing that hooked to the unit that also probably mounted on the camcorder. Well, it was all... It, it kind of killed me because some of it was such great footage because he's going around the campus and he's recording these different people and you can see these little clicks... And he's asking them questions. And at one point, he's recording like one of his friends skateboarding. And I don't know. It was really neat. But then the audio kicked back on, and they were launching rockets in the air. So it's a real nerd-centric school. And, uh, you know, which yeah, had just like all the cool stuff. find that is. That is, that is so, so fun to find something like that. That's so obscure and such a, a snippet of yeah, what it was like back capsule. in that time and random. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and the... The crazy thing is this could be like a one-of-one situation. Like, definitely this blow-up tape, I guarantee you, unless this guy made copies, this is the only existence of this footage, other than the news camera, you know what I mean? But, you know, who even knows if KMPH still has this? You know, like, I don't know if they archived it or not, but um, it's just so unique, and it's just neat, and it's just cool, and nobody else would care about it. Other than if I could somehow find some of these kids on this, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll go to their alumni page and pop, you know, <laughs> pop some video something? up to see if anybody cares. But um, it's it's just neat, man. So let me let me be clear. This is from that Antonio, right? Yeah, this, this is part this of that all, collection. All the, the only tape that I talked about that wasn't from Antonio was the Lethal Weapon tape. But everything else right, so has was, come from Antonio's collection. Was this like his? No. His his no. past? Okay. No. Antonio had no interest in these tapes at all. His dad <laughs> let this sink in for a second. His dad used to go to estate sales and yard sales and swap meets. And he would buy anytime he see these tapes. Oh, okay. He'd buy them. Antonio Sr. So was ahead bought... of the curve. He's ahead of the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean he was. nobody was doing this then. This was the stuff that people would look like it was trash. Which might still that, be trash. I don't know, but I don't think well, so. And neither did Antonio from that, Senior here. Yeah, someone from that era was almost definitely buying them just to use as blank tapes. They're not going to be no, using, you know, you, buying them you back would, then. You would, you would think so, but he didn't record over them. Now there is, well, yeah, well, but if he ahead. had like the hoarder mentality, it was just oh, and just in case I ever need them. I, there's, there's no way he was buying I, them no, back it, then just to watch. That's not true. D'Antonio told me his dad enjoyed oh my going gosh. through the tapes. 
that his dad watched the tapes and he really liked movies, so he well, would go through funny. them to see what was on them. Well, then his Antonio's father was definitely ahead of his time. Then that is oh for sure. And the only thing I would like to talk to Antonio Senior if he's listening, uh, up in heaven or wherever. Uh, why did you record over a couple of these tapes? Because it had to be him. Because there's there's these tapes that I have. Like he's record, like he's broke my heart a couple of times, right? I've looked at this tape and I'm like, <laughs> oh, this is gonna be a good one because what's written on it, and I pop it in and it's like all Spanish channel. So he did ruin two <laughs> full house tapes. Have mercy. Which I could, because these full house tapes were numbered. There's number one and number two and number three, right? So he yeah. messed up a couple of them so far that I've noticed. But I mean, dude, there's just so much cool stuff on here. There's a couple of movies that I've been wanting that that are kind of obscure. You can't find them on any streaming services that I've been wanting to rewatch. So I have those to the side. And, um, you know, there's just, it's just really cool, man. There's just so many different, yeah. different stuff here. Uh, and a lot of, lot of early to mid eighties stuff, a lot of early nineties stuff. And, um, it's, it's just right up my alley. I mean, even weird, obscure stuff. Like somebody spent the time to fill up two tapes of this show called Madam's Place. Do you remember the puppet Madam from the 80s? Um, I don't off the top of my head. If I saw See, it, maybe, but... I think you would if you saw it, but it was like this old lady puppet and, like, this guy, right? And he used to make the rounds. I remember seeing him, like, on The Tonight Show or something, like Johnny Carson coming on there doing his little... You know what? It's starting to come thing. back, I he think. He was kind yeah. of a comedian. I, I Well, yeah. I guess he was a comedian. He was a comedian. But eventually they parlayed that into some like bootleg ass show called Madam's Place where this madam was I, Yeah. Yeah, and I, I never watched the show. Back, yeah. But I kinda remember it like going to my friend's grandparents' house or something and it being on or something. Like I distinctly remember the show, I just never seen any of it. Well there's like two full tapes of this Madam's Place. But the brilliant part is they recorded it on, like, the old USA channel. I mean, it's still the USA Network, but you're getting, like, this, these vintage bumpers and, of course, commercials, and um, it's just neat to see, like, this cable channel from 1987 or whatever with all these, you know, all their little coming up next or yeah. tomorrow, tune in to blah, blah, blah. You know, you kind of see what they were syndicating. But um, each of these tapes is, like, Christmas when you pop them in, you don't know what you're going to get. You know, it's like, I'm like, what's on this one? It's like, give me a break. Like, one of these tapes had, like, six episodes of give me a break. And, give me a break, yeah. Right. And I'm like, man, yeah. I haven't seen give me a break since I was probably, like, 11 or something. And um, one of them had, like, original runs of uh, Facts of Life, which was really cool. But I don't know. It's And, and he would have gave me all of them for free, but... I kept, like, I wasn't able to get to him for a while, and he kept messaging me, so I was telling him, I was like, you know what, listen, do me a favor, if you could wait to Saturday, which at that point was like three days later or something, he's like, I'll give you 20 bucks, if you can hold it, and he's like, oh, that's great, you know, I was like, I don't know, 20 bucks seems fair, he was wanting to give them to me for free, and maybe he'll just hold them, and he'll stop messaging me, right, and, because uh, <laughs> like, I, I got like six messages from him in like three days, Hey, are you gonna come later? And it's like, well, I don't get off till eight. You know, like I was, these, I was working long days, and I'm like, ah, I really can't. But I was able to that Saturday because I just worked in the early afternoon. I got off like at three, and I was like, you know, I'll just run Antonio's real quick and hopefully leave with my kidneys. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's good. That's super cool. 
I just looked up Madam's, Madam's Place, and yes, I, de- I definitely recognize it. I don't remember yeah. it too much, but I definitely recognize that puppet and that imagery. Right. Like, I'm assuming so. he based it off his mother or his grandmother or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it has kind of like a, you know, like a senior citizen from the 60s vibe or early 70s. You know, she was wearing a nightgown with pearls and, you know, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Something like that. Big, big face, big chin and everything. But... And you got you got plenty of uh, more to go through, right? I mean that oh, two hundred some tapes. I, I I I haven't even I haven't even gotten yeah scratch the it. surface. No, I still have some in my trunk. Wow. Yeah, yeah you can find to... some gems, man. You never know. Yeah, I mean, I, some, I was, uh... you know, yeah, you really don't know. It it was a it was a fun hunt, and um, I you know, it's like one of those things where like I mean, they're in my garage. I just go through them when I feel like it. You know, I, I'll be sitting in my you know my tape room and i'll go out there and i'll grab like a stack you know 10 20 tapes come in here and pop them in like the only downside to something like this if any of you ever do this is make sure you're using a vcr that's not like your main vcr because you can pick up a lot of dirt and stuff you know like these heads on this poor panasonic i've had to clean this deck probably 10 times already and um you can you you know you, you don't want to ruin something good so make sure you have like a you know a tester VCR you should really be doing that with all your tapes but especially tapes like this that you know have seen better days they've been around you know like these were really dusty so you know first thing I was doing is like wiping them down just kind of getting them clean because I didn't want to you know any debris mm-hmm. in there but you know sometimes these tapes they fall apart you know there's a lot of things that can go wrong. But, um, yeah. you know, VCRs are cheap if you know where to shop. Go to a thrift store, pick one up for five bucks or whatever, and, yep. you know, use it as your guinea pig unit. Now, do you clean your heads with just a tape cleaner, or what do, what do you yeah. do? You take it apart and clean it? No, okay. I don't take okay. it apart. I, I have a, every time I come across, a, and I prefer the dry cleaning system, there's two kinds yeah. of tapes. You can get the kind that are dry yeah. or the kind that yep. are wet. Um, yep. And nothing against the wet ones, but, uh, you know, like I just prefer the dry ones. They seem to work really well, and uh, yeah. but they're but they do put on their abrasive and non-abrasive. So I'm assuming these are abrasive. <laughs> so maybe they're not good for them. I don't know. But I, again, um, I use them. You know, the crazy thing is, is uh, you don't even have to use these old ones anymore. Best Buy sells them now. I know you, you showed you me. Can, That's yeah. Crazy. You can buy a tape cleaner, uh, you know, a VHS a VCR cleaner uh, at Best Buy. So. Yep. I'd say grab them while they have them, because if they don't sell, then they're going to discontinue it. So if you have any VCRs out there, uh, go to go to BestBuy.com and pick you up a tape cleaner. They're 10 bucks, which to me seems pretty fair for a new one. Yeah, that's crazy that they're still sell- or they started selling those. I guess, I don't know. Well, it's coming it back, dude. that popular? I, I, wow. I'm a, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, I think we're going to get to the point where Somebody's going to make a move and reissue these things, VCRs or at least the combo units. And there might be a little more to it. I mean, uh, I don't know how hard it is for them to restart a CRT factory, but at the very least, I could see them making VCRs because uh, yeah. the interest is there. It's a growing hobby. Um, you know, it's, a, it's around that sweet spot mark, about 20 years past its prime kind of thing. And um, that's usually when stuff starts to come back. You know, people get old. They have tapes sitting around the house. They need a VCR. Not everybody's into going to yard sales. Not everybody knows how to oh, you handle old equipment. They want something new. I could totally see VCRs being resold now. Well, look at look at vinyl. Uh, Tara and I were just just this past weekend went to a 
a mall because we went to a concert. And we went to a, um, in this mall in, near Washington, Washington, D.C., um, was a Barnes & Noble. And, man, they had hundreds of vinyl records there. I mean, hundreds. They had a huge section of vinyl. And who would have thought back in the day, if you would have thought about this in the 90s or even early 2000s, that one day in the future, in 2023, you're going to be able to find you know, vinyl records in a, a store like Barnes & Noble. So I was just kind of taken aback at how popular they have become. Now, I know our, our friend... Well, you can buy cassette decks now, Duke, at Best Buy. I didn't even know you that. Can go there, you can go there and really? buy a brand new cassette deck. I did and not you know can buy, that. You can buy standalone units now, so you don't just have to buy like a boom box. You could buy a, a, like a dedicated cassette deck that you would hook to your existing unit. Right, right. You know, so you I can get both. That. You can get you. Can, they got boom boxes there, and then they have like just cassette decks. Now, I don't know how long they're gonna no. stay, but I've seen them. Yeah, I don't know either. It it it's um it's questionable because uh, um as our friend Kevin Buried on Mars has pointed out a couple of times, the in his opinion, you know, vinyl has a superior sound over other modern forms of of listening, whereas he he makes the argument that VHS is a lesser quality than let's well, say CD. I, no offense to Kevin, but I will say <laughs> I will say the, the the difference is is he's not he's not using the equipment the whole like he's probably would a VHS look good on a modern television? No, it's probably not. No. But if you have a CRT and you have a VHS player and you have these tapes and you watch them, there's something on them, there's a feel to them. I mean, we've talked about this before, but there's a feel to the VHS that you don't get in other formats. It's the exact same argument he makes for records. You know, now, will I yeah. say it's elevated? His argument is, I assume, that the records or vinyl is elevated above the modern sound. I think most people don't care. <laughs> I truly think that most people don't care. They will rather have a Spotify or something where they can just access any song they want and they play it and they hear it and it sounds good to them. But for like audio files, yeah. obviously, the highest performing deck that you can get, you know, a record player uh, with with a quality vinyl is probably going to sound the best to you. You know what I mean? And I and I'm not even arguing that. I'm not saying VHS is a superior over you know something like Blu-ray, but I will say right, that there right. are cuts that you know, like some of that is changing. You will see Blu-rays released with television edits and stuff like that, but. For the most part, there's a, a very specific thing that comes on these tapes. Not only that, if you were, let's say, you know, Commando, for instance, was your favorite movie as a kid and you watched it a lot. Well, you pop in that tape, you're going to experience the exact experience. You're going to have yeah. the intros, the all the, you know, the previews, the various things they were trying to push on you before the movie started. Plus the pan and scan... Um, I know that's a negative. Don't get me wrong. I'd rather see the whole thing, but there is a quaint charm to the pan and scan. It's again, it's an edit that only exists in that format, or maybe laser disc as yeah, well. But I mean, you know, like you said, we've talked about this before. We're not right. we're not after the highest quality viewing. We're no, no, after no, no. It's, it's about you know, what I would say is yeah, and and the experience is 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 being enhanced by nostalgia, and and right. you know, you're you're oh, more you're closer regenerating that experience. Um, from from your past and uh, exactly. recently, 
Uh, for example, I was in my retro room here, and I was uh, kind of in the mood for some Indiana Jones because of all the hype uh, with the new movie, and we're going to talk about that here in a second. Um, but I, I threw in uh, Temple of Doom because I hadn't seen that in quite a while, and I put it on. I watched it on my VHS. I'm right. sorry, I watched it on my VCR, and right. um, I had a great time. I watched the whole thing here in my room. Um, it was a fun watch, by the way. It holds up to me, and it does have. Uh, you know, a lot of corny stuff in there, and I, I know it was kind of a cash grab movie um, compared to the original. Um, that, that's a whole topic we can discuss some other time, but I had a lot of fun watching it. I think it held up great, and I, I really, uh, really enjoyed it. But um, I really wanted to watch it on VHS. I didn't want to watch it. I have it on Blu-ray or DVD, I think, and I could watch it on Disney+, Plus. but I wanted to watch it here in my room, and I enjoyed right. that experience. So, you know, Well, I, I think that's, that, that's sure. another difference, too, is, you know, a lot of us guys, we have these little hobby rooms and um, some of them we have big full-size TVs in them. Some of them we don't. But sometimes it's neat just to kind of have that. You know, have yourself a little VCR set up or a combo unit going in a little area where maybe you're in there playing some games. You pop a movie on, um, you know. And it and it, is, it feels kind of – it's like a break from – streaming services and stuff there's noises like the humming of the vcr and the way the tv mm-hmm. looks and sounds yeah i mean it's just something that if you didn't live through it you probably wouldn't care about it and i can understand that like a, to try Absolutely. to explain this to you know a zoomer uh they would they would think it's <laughs> ridiculous they would just like that's stupid i could just watch it on my well, phone or a tablet or whatever but i'm it, not them so <laughs> it appeals to me yeah and it's you know what i mean it's interesting or maybe even ironic that the defects give me more pleasure than than a, a pristine quality visual and sound. Like I, I, I do like you just mentioned, I, I like hearing the whir of the VCR and the little crackles in the screen when it's flickering every once in a while. It, it has charm to it. And I I get more, I guess, enjoyment out of that than knowing that it's the perfect uh, rendition of this film or video or music, whatever I'm listening to or watching. Right. So that that's just our personal preference, you know, people like you and I. Now, don't get me wrong. I certainly at times want to watch a movie in my living room well, or streaming or, big or screen, Blu-ray. And, right, exactly. Yeah, it exactly. has its place, but this right. this part of our hobby is, is something right. that I think If, if, if know, I were to enjoyable. see a brand new movie for the first time, whatever the movie is, brand new in the theaters, I don't want to watch it on a small CRT. I want to watch it on a big screen no. or in the theaters. So I get that. I mean, there's obviously a difference, but, I mean, we all make sacrifices for watching, too. Like, we're not all watching. Mean, unless you have an IMAX theater at your house, you're not watching it in the, the most – big you know mm-hmm. the biggest the most loudest that you know you know what i mean like you're not getting the full experience every time you watch a movie anyway so but i don't right. know i like it right. and it's it's a fun hobby it's cheap too i mean are there yeah. expensive yeah. tapes of course there are but you're you're just as likely to walk in and find a hundred dollar tape in a random thrift store you're you're more likely to do that than a a, a rare video game now i can tell you that i mean oh, this yeah. feels like a boom time i Personally, I feel like it's it's sliding a little bit. I do see some realtor, you know, re, uh, re, retail establishments uh, picking up on it. So they'll take some things and they think, oh, these are antiques and stuff. And it's like, well, you're kind of on the right track, buddy, but you're using the wrong movie because there's like 8 billion copies of E.T. out there. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, But they kind of, they, you know, you can see some of these uh, people who aren't in the circle kind of, understanding that you know more people are picking them up or they used to just throw these away because nobody would buy them 
Um, yeah. And you know, it's kind of neat to look at the covers. I mean, there's there's just things about it. Like, I mean, what would you rather look at, a VHS cover or a DVD cover? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes, yeah. They they have a little personality to them. There's just something about them, but it's a fun hobby, and I dig it. Is. It. Well, transitioning into our next topic, um, you know, t- speaking of movies and such, um, I did. Uh, I'll, I'll go first here. Um, I did watch Top Gun Maverick uh, recently. Um, I've been kind of wanting to see that because it had a lot of hype and buzz. Did you see that, Chris? Yep. Okay. I, I saw um, the theater. I was I was a little let down. Um, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't as good as I expected it to be. I thought it was going to be a little more. I thought it was going to draw me in a little more emotionally, and I thought it was going to be a little more um, quality as far as the story goes. It was very generic. Um, I know that's kind of what they were going for, I guess. You know, they were trying to, you know, recreate that same scenario almost that they had in the original. Um, but really what, what I didn't like the most was I thought it was the acting was a little like almost like watching a TV show. Like the characters were a little generic. Um, and I thought they were going to do a little better job with that. There was a lot of like and the editing, you know, you would have conversations and the facial expressions were a little cheesy and they would be like little nods and like facial expressions that were just kind of over the top. It was just kind of like TV show type editing that I thought was a little kind of distracting. But aside from that, I, I did have fun with it. It was um, exciting and the action sequences were good. I didn't really detect, I know it was a lot of CGI, but I didn't I didn't really detect any of that. It seemed very real to me. I know a lot of those shots was actually him in a jet because you know, you know how Tom Cruise is with <laughs> his stunts and everything. So that was pretty cool, but you know I had a good time with it. But it, it did let me down just a little bit. I thought I did like seeing um, what's his name Val Kilmer in there. I thought that was going to be like because I knew he was in there. I knew he had like a cameo, but that was that was a heartwarming scene. I did like that, um, yeah. g- given the fact that he definitely has, is having health issues and has to throw cancer and everything. And um, I did enjoy that scene a lot. So that was really cool. So what did you think of it? Well. I saw it in the theaters, and you gotta keep. You gotta go back to when I saw it. Um, this was, I think, the first movie I went back to. Uh, first movie I watched since COVID, and you know, all the theaters being shut down and all that. Um, so there was kind of a buzz, and I uh, seen on the big screen. I think is a lot better than probably watching it on a small screen because you know the yeah. noise and the and the the size oh, yeah. of it all. Um. My only gripe, I mean, some of the points you made, I think, are valid points. My only real gripe is, uh, I kind of felt like they dropped the ball with with the girl, with the late his his uh, romantic partner. I mean, they wanted you to, be, they yeah, it was I agree. like, okay, I understand yeah. that the actress who um, I can't think of her name right now, but I, I understand Kelly McGillis. The act- there you go. I understand that Miss McGillis didn't want to to be in the movie. Uh, she felt like she looked too old. Uh, at least that's the story that I read that she just didn't want to be, she wasn't comfortable or something. Uh, maybe she's out of acting or something and she just didn't want to go back, but they basically just wrote her p- part. And then instead of just calling somebody her, they created a new, her, a new character. Uh-huh. So, and so you, you mean to tell me that, the woman that he was in love with in this first movie, this chick that was his instructor, they fell for each other, all the stuff, came together, you know, whatever, had the big romantic bike scene and all that, okay? A few months later, Tom dumps her, 
creates a whole new relationship because this, you know, this relationship came from that time. I don't know if it was a few months, whatever the distance was. And she has this connection to all the stuff. She had his jacket. She did the bike ride scene with him. It's like they're doing all this <laughs> stuff to replicate that uh-huh. chemistry. I'm not even saying change the actress. They could have used the same actress. Different actresses, play, you know, how many James Bonds has there been? I mean, different people change, right? Like, they could have just called her the other lady. Nobody would have known. Who would have known? Right. Like, who would have cared? This, what if she, you know what I mean? Like, these things happen. You know, actors die. They need to keep the, like, uh, the Harry Potter movie, the one guy died. They brought in another old guy. You know what I mean? Like, these things happen. Yeah. It was like, definitely forced, and it, it, they kind of created. You could tell they just kind of wrote that in because they they wanted a romance in there, and I get it. Right. It's just the structure of the movie, but yeah, sure. it, it didn't work real well. It was too it was too rushed. Next thing you know, they're like doing these cheesy scenes, and it's like, oh come on, you know what, what right. are the chances and, and of all this? Supposedly, is a kid his daughter and whatever, and she breaks out his yeah. flight jacket and all this weird stuff, and I'm just like. You know, you're like forcing all this exposition on us that we got to like, yeah. oh, remember we did this and remember that? Remember? No, we don't remember that because we didn't watch that. So, yeah, and you didn't need it because it no, was very forgettable stuff. And it you don't matter. always have to have uh, – I understand how some movies need that kind of anchor in there uh, to kind of bring out the humanity in a character or, or whatever, certain sides of a character to have like a, a romance in there. But this but movie this did not need sequ- that. But this is a sequel yeah. though. So it's not like yeah. we haven't had the established Tom Cruise character already. Like the Maverick yeah. character already had been established. We don't need them to reestablish. I'm assuming a lot of people, I didn't, but I'm assuming a lot of people probably rewatched the original before they went and watched the sequel. So you already were caught up. You knew. You know, they, they, the one guy's Goose's son. And, you know, it's like, okay, we got to make sure every beat has been replicated. Well, why not just say that's the chick? Like, I don't know why you got to create a new one. It was that that's my only only gripe, and I don't think it was like a deal breaker for the movie. No, I just didn't do anything for it. And if they really wanted to go that direction, they should have done something with with the newer, younger characters, have some kind of love interest or romance there. Right. And that's another gripe too. Is like you know when they were in the bar and stuff, it was so cliche the way they were acting. You know, they were all, there was a bully guy, and there was like the girl. It was all these like cliche characters, and it was just like, come on, they were all acting just over the top. I just wasn't buying it. Well, the, well, the only thing I'll say to that is, I mean, that's kind of par for the course for action movies a lot of times. You know, yeah. <laughs> is like yeah. cliches and over the top acting. So I kind of, when I go into movies, I kind of like put myself in the mindset for what it was. You know, if I went in there yeah. to watch a serious drama. And I was getting this cliched crap, and I would be completely <laughs> right. out of it. You know what I mean? But That's fair. being that it's yeah. like an action movie, okay, there's going to be some corny stuff in it. That's like bad jokes in a Star Wars movie or something. Like you kind of expect <laughs> right. some of that, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm, I'm willing to forgive some of that, but I, I know where you're coming from. I was feeling the same way. There were actors that I really enjoyed in the movie that were new, and I thought those were cool. And I, I liked the, the Val Kilmer callback. I thought that was cool. But uh, yeah. ultimately, I you know, it was a good movie for what it was. I don't, you know, I haven't watched it since. I watched it the first time. I enjoyed it, and that was cool. You know, it was yeah. Escape. I probably won't go back to it. I did have fun with it, but it wasn't as good as I was expecting it to be with all the praise and hype and how much money it made and everything. It did great, which was good. I, I, I like seeing movies like that do well. Um, well, you got to keep in mind, of... this was like the first blockbuster back. Because mm-hmm. prior yeah. to that, they were doing those same-day streaming releases 
So this was the first like exclusive. Yeah. If you want to watch it or big one anyway, if you want to yeah. watch this movie, you got to go to the theater. It had buzz, you know, a lot of it had favorable reviews. It seemed like pretty much everybody yeah. enjoyed it. I mean, nobody's leaving yeah. there thinking it's like the next Citizen Kane or whatever. But you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Like obviously it's not a timeless classic, but it doesn't have to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this one did really well, and uh, the one that you just watched. Um, completely bombed but let's get your take on indiana jones and the dial of destiny which i have not seen but let's hear yeah, I, i'm not gonna some... i'm not gonna get into spoilers or anything like no that. no I'll, no no I'll, spoilers I'll just, just yeah some... i'll just say yeah. that um i enjoyed the movie is it the best indiana jones absolutely not but i didn't expect it to be you know what i mean is like it the worst i don't know it's kind of hard to tell i've watched it one time so i'm not gonna make gotcha. that decision right now you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i think a lot sure. of people I think a lot no of pressure. people saw Crystal Skull one time, and they thought it was garbage. That, that's me, yeah. That's okay, me. well, <laughs> I've seen I've seen Crystal Skull a couple of times, and I don't think it's that bad. I I find a lot of things from that movie that I like. There's a lot of good Indiana Jones stuff in that movie that I enjoy. Again, I take it for what I expected out of it. Did I expect it to be as good as the first and the third movie? No, I didn't. It's going to be kind of hard to replicate that. I felt like it could have been. I think they made some questionable decisions on the plot, and I'm talking about Crystal Skull, of course. Um, mm-hmm. But I think overall, I, I like the actors that they chose. I felt like the action was good. Now, to this new Dial of Destiny, obviously we're dealing with a, a, a much older Harrison Ford, so he's a little limited. And I think they made up with that with the secondary character, which is basically a co-lead um the the there's a girl on there without getting into much into who she is and what she is and all i'll leave that to you guys whenever you watch it but or if you don't whatever but um i think she was a, a good strong lead i think she was fun as a she's a, you know nice to look at it was fun to her parts uh, their their chemistry were good i felt like the overall plot felt like an indiana jones movie i mean there was a little bit of that spielberg magic missing you know i mean there's no denying that it's kind of hard to you know, replace Steven Spielberg, but, um, oh, you know, yeah. I, don't re- I don't regret going to it. I enjoyed the movie. I didn't leave there feeling like, Oh, that was a waste of time. I've gone to movies where I've almost fell asleep. And this one kept my attention the whole time. The first opening 20 minutes, I feel like holds you could compare it to almost any Indiana Jones. And I feel like it's that good. That first 20 minutes of the movie, uh, was really good. I felt like, you know, there was kind of a, a slow part where, you know, they kind of have to build up momentum again. I felt like the, you know, the MacGuffin in the movie was pretty good. You know, I mean, it was an interesting device that they used. Um, and I felt like the ending was good. So overall, you know, I wouldn't give the movie an A, but I'm not going to give it an F. You know, B minus gotcha. C, C range. It was worth the watch. Gotcha. And, I, and I, I think if you watched it, now I know you're hypercritical, Duke. I know that. But I think if you just went in there and just watched... <laughs> do I have that reputation? Okay. Yeah, I, with me, you do, because I'm listening to your critique of movies, and I just think, God, dude, give it a break. Uh, well, I, I, I admit, I, I definitely feel I'm more critical than you are, for sure. Uh, I well, don't think I'm I hypercritical, mean, but, I, you know... Well, I, that was my opinion. I, I didn't mean it as okay. an insult. I'm just saying... No, I no, like I didn't take you, it as an like insult. I feel like if we were a critic show, if me and you were on American Idol, you would be Simon. <laughs> okay and i might be the the randy jackson or something you know okay dog not bad you know that'd be me you'd be up there okay, like oh you. you suck get off my stage you know <laughs> well it's like we, I, we talked okay yeah. 
a spoiler alert, we talked a little bit about this yesterday, about some movies we watched recently, and, you know, when you're bringing up, like, CGI and stuff, and it's like, I don't know, man, like, I grew up in the 80s where, you know, I was watching Poltergeist thinking, like, look at this, and now you look at it, and some of that stuff looks laughable. Go back and watch Clash <laughs> of the yeah. Titans. You know what I mean? I love like, Clash of the Titans. Yeah, but go back Clash and watch it. You use that same critical eye with their uh, special effects. There's but some the, real all grown the motion anime. Uh, it's fantastic. There's some very grownable scenes in there where it's it's looks very choppy and it's. I love the movie. Don't get me wrong, but I mean that I'm I'm able to. Okay, ultimately, it's it's like if you go, especially something like Indiana Jones that has a supernatural thing, you're obviously leaving some of your disbelief at the door when you come in. Okay, there's not yep. going to be an yep. 80-year-old guy uh, fighting Nazis. Okay, it's probably not going to happen. So, obviously, I well, got to, like, think, okay, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he can still crack a whip. Let, let me ask you this. Would, are you glad they made this, or should they have just left it alone? Like, are you glad oh, no, that I, they made I, one more? I, I, en- I enjoyed the movie, so I guess if okay, that's so you're the, glad if it that's exists. the bar, I enjoyed watching it. I felt like gotcha. it was a fun movie to watch. I didn't regret watching it. It's not one of those things where I, you know, I'm not going to go on the message board and just criticize every negative aspect to it because I enjoyed the movie. Now there are movies that I've gone that I had a high expectation that I was completely let down, like part of the Star Wars sequels you know Mm -hmm. i watch some of that you know that it's like i can only pull parts of those movies that i enjoyed and some of them i just like i i just wish they didn't exist because i hate them you know what i mean yeah so i don't i don't get that feeling about this i like harrison ford i'm glad that he had his last hurrahs indie um i don't think they're going to continue the series if they do it's probably going to be after he dies or something you know i don't i don't know i don't think it's gonna they're not going to continue the series they're not likely going to continue the series because this, uh, we talked about this a little bit, and I'll just touch on it briefly, but this very well might be the biggest um, box office failure in cinema history. No, it's <laughs> so not going to, that's ridiculous. Gonna, that, that's no, no, liter- literally, no, literally, no, I, literally I, I, speaking, like mathematically I, speaking. I will bet that that's not true. We will see. Well, here, here's, here's just off the surface here. The movie is the, is the most expensive movie that, I, that was ever made. It was upwards of three hundred and fifty million dollars it cost because of all the reshoots and all the delays and all the stuff. Have you saw the, the budget stuff. for uh, that James Cameron crap? We talking about this? I think this, this exceeded it. This cannot. I'm talking about uh, y- Avatar. It did. It exceeded it. This current Avatar. Avatar. It, this exceeded You're Avatar. Saying that they, well, then they don't know how to spend their money properly. That's the problem, and that that's why I'm not saying it's the worst movie ever made. I'm saying it's it's going to potentially probably be the biggest box office bomb as far as financials go because it was so expensive to make and it did so poorly that it probably will lose them upwards of 200 to 250 million dollars which will be a record breaker breaking loss so uh, it, it it didn't do well, we'll, <laughs> to, we'll to, for lack of a better term i i say we'll, well see well i think it's that's already happened it, no, it's, it's, it's over. still I mean, in the theaters duke I, there's still people watching it today it's still it's in the theaters done. but it it's done. It's essentially done. There's no way it's going to make anything, ex- uh, you know, notable. It's it's over. The run is know, over. I mean, but they're going to put it on their streaming. Ser- There's still ways to make money off this movie. They're going to sell Blu-rays. They're going to put um, it on their streaming. That's the services. thing. That's they're, the they're thing with Disney's money. model. 
there is no way for it to make money because they don't make money off their streaming service. They lose money off their streaming service. It doesn't make them any money. That 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 subscription rate, if you have people who buy it just to watch it or continue to keep it on, it's all built in. They know how many downloads each of these movies get. No, but the but Disney Plus doesn't make money for Disney at all. They they're, they it's still in the hole. They haven't made money. They, they lost 4 million subscribers this year, and even without that, it's not a money maker for them. They're still okay. they don't they might get rid of it. It doesn't even work. It's a poor model. <laughs> How about a gentleman's bet? <laughs> You know what I mean? They're not. Disney Plus isn't going nowhere, dude. It's not going. Nowhere. I'm not sure if Dis. I'm not sure if Disney's going to be around in four or five years, the way they're going right that's, now. But that's that's, that's completely hyperbole, dude. There's no <laughs> chance Disney is going anywhere, dude. That's ridiculous. Well, anyway, that that's a that's a topic they, for another if day. If Disney maybe, wanted but. to make a billion dollars right now, they can license Toy Story to Netflix. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way that they they have too many IPs, too much property, both physical well, and they, digital property. Like, there's no way yes, but going they, out of business. But they've done some so many poor business decisions with those properties, like cannibalizing themselves. Like, for example, they've trained the audience to not go to the theaters and wait for Disney Plus, where Disney doesn't make any money on that. They used to sell their properties to Netflix and other streaming services. Now they created Disney Plus, and they don't make any money off that, except for I subscriptions. Nobody subscribed which does... to it. What? I thought nobody subscribed to it. I mean, if people are waiting to watch it, then they have to be a subscriber, do they not? It's not enough to make up for the losses, though. Well, then they'll it, raise it's the all... rates. I mean, we'll see. But we'll see how this business model holds out. Disney right now, Plus? they. Do you have Disney Plus? I do. I, do, I don't know yeah. anybody who doesn't. <clears throat> well, according to the statistics, uh, I think four million people have dropped it All since right. they've, you know. So it's I it's mean, just not. You could say that. Could you not say that same thing about Netflix and some of these other streaming services where their subscriber rates go up and down? Well, right now they're fourth. Disney is fourth out of the out of between Netflix, um, HBO. I think what what is the other main ones? I think Hulu is owned by Disney essentially right now. Those are the fifth, the fourth and fifth ones is Disney and Hulu. So they're they're at the bottom. They're not doing very well when they're with their streaming services. So we'll see. Time will tell. I hope they get their, themselves turned around, but they're not in a good direction. They're not in a good position right now. They're really struggling um, on all fronts as a company. So we shall see. But back to back to Indy Five. I have not seen it yet. And I'm glad you liked it, and I'm, I will I will almost definitely check it out at some point when it comes on Disney Plus, <laughs> as we just talked about. And I'll I'm kind of eager to see how it. I will say that I did when I first saw the trailer, I was very like underwhelmed. I didn't think it was a good trailer at all. Um, I don't know. Did you see the trailer before you saw the movie? Yeah, I saw the trailer. It did like did a, that Indiana concern you or? No, not really. Uh, I didn't. So I thought the trailer was. It just didn't look exciting. It just didn't. Well, what, what did you me? want them know. to do? Give like all the big plot beats? I was appreciative that I saw as little as I did. Like I was like, hey, well, Indiana I know Jones riding a horse, and uh, there's a he's punching a Nazi and a couple other things. I, I, I don't know. know what to say. I just I, I didn't like the trailer. I just thought it was bad. I just well, it didn't I, get, I'm not it expecting didn't get you to me... like it, but you asked me my what I thought, and it just it just seemed like a trailer. Yeah. Well, that's what that was my first, you know time that i felt concerned was when i saw the trailer i was like oh this does not look good and then i saw another a clip that they had released when they had it at 
Cannes Film Festival, and that I thought was a very bad clip as well, and that just completely deflated my interest. So, but you know, that's just that doesn't mean that I won't like the movie on some level. So I'll give it a fair chance and watch it. But um, I just, well, I, I just I suspect before... when when this writer and actor strike continues, and when people stop finding new content, they're gonna watch old familiar stuff. And that's what everybody does. Yeah. No, yeah. They got too yeah. big of a library. Plus, I mean, I just looked it up. In their th- uh, their third, you got Max is first and Hulu's second, and their third. So that basically makes them second because they own both companies. That's they got different a than what I just proper. saw. I just googled it right now. I googled. Okay, I'm not. I'm not. Ranked. I'm not um, arguing with you. I just. Well, I, I know. I'm just I saying. Saw... I just looked at it. Gotcha. So who, who's first? It's Netflix, right? It says the best streaming services. Number one was Max, which actually is a little bit surprising. What does it mean by the best? Is this somebody's opinion? Or is this know. statistical this numbers? This was statistically. Streaming okay. services ranked. See, this is this could be somebody's opinion. Okay, Duke, and so could be what you're replying to. Like, where are you no, getting no, your I'm, saying I'm getting it from Google no, just like you are. Where are you getting it from? A podcast? I'm, I'm asking it if it's saying that this is like the best... Like as far as the content, or is this the most successful as far as okay? You know, what money? do you think would be ranked above them? Peacock, what Apple. Do you mean? Well, if they're not third, well, who's third then? I think it was, if I remember right, I just saw it a couple days ago. It was Netflix, HBO Max, um, Amazon, then Disney, then There's Hulu. No if I remember Amazon. right, Amazon. Who? Nobody even watches Amazon service. That's only because you already have it. So if you're talking about built-in subscribers, that one's jaded. If you're an Amazon Prime member, you automatically get it. Uh, yeah, it could have been people, that. People I mean, that aren't going out it. of their way to buy Amazon for the service. That is just a bonus because they are they got Amazon Prime. Well, they had the Lord of the Rings show, right? <laughs> Rings uh, of Power. You know, okay, and that made you buy Amazon? No, I already had it. Exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It, it comes with Prime, so, you know. I don't think anybody, I mean, I could be wrong. I'm sure there's somebody out there, but I think the majority of people who have the Amazon streaming service is because they're Prime members. I don't even know yeah. if you can get it yeah. without being a Prime member. I don't know. Can you? No, I think it's part of Prime. That's what I'm saying. So it's kind of one yeah. of those things. Does that really count in the... People who buy Disney Plus aren't getting a pass to the park. They're only getting Disney Plus. Well, does Mario and I'm Brothers not a show for best... Disney. I don't care how they're doing. It don't make a difference to me. I just enjoyed the movie, and if it goes to Disney Plus, and if they lose money on Anna Jones, I don't care. But I just know that I keep hearing this narrative like nobody's watching the movie. I don't know. It seems like a lot of people. It might not make back their money if we're talking profit margin, but. $160 million, whatever they've made at this point, isn't nothing. It just doesn't match their budget. Obviously, in a bomb well, in that direction, here's it's another not statistic. unsuccessful. If they spent $30 million making the movie, it'd be considered a smash hit. It's just all well, let's use this. let's use this statistic then. One-third, or maybe it was a quarter, of the people that saw Crystal Skulls saw this. So it, there was less, way less butts in the seat seats than crystal skulls even if you're not counting for inflation or money or anything so it, it was less watched than well, crystal skulls and, and the, the other three indie movies as well the, well who are they how many teenagers are going to see indiana jones 
That's yeah, exactly. It doesn't appeal well, to young it, viewers it, at all. It's it's a it's not about that. It's about okay, they probably overspent on the budget. They probably should have scaled that back, and you know, they would have right now. It'd be considered a decent hit, but they overspent, and that's just a bad exactly, decision. Yeah. Right. That's but, the problem. I mean, right. But that's not really the 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 movie. It's not the fact. No. I, I think no. this could be the best Indiana Jones they ever made, and I don't know how different the outcome would have been. Yeah, it's two different topics. It's uh, it, it, you know, there's the quality I, of the I movie, really, and there's its place in cinema history and art, all that stuff. And then there's the the, the business decision of how much they spent and the marketing right. and who the audience was and all that stuff. Well, so, I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Topics. Like, how are you going to get a little teenager to go and watch an 80 year old man fighting Nazis? It doesn't seem that appealing. They rather see Vin Diesel. I mean, you want to make an argument mm -hmm. on quality of movies? I think all those Fast and the Furious movies suck. But obviously, they're making a gangbusters at the box office because... Well, you know why? They make gangbusters overseas. That's where they make all their money. They don't do very well domestically. The, the nah, Fast they, X, they, Fast and Furious lost, movies make... They haven't lost a penny on any of those movies. No, no. They make money, but mo the majority of what they make is the, is the uh, foreign market with those movies, not, not the domestic market. So they do well, yeah. They make that's why they keep making them because they make tons of money. But most of that money they make is is overseas. So anyway, that's uh, that's that. So I mean, I, I'm eager to see it. I'm glad you liked it, but um, I'm not going to go to the theater. I, I don't go to theaters much anyway. I haven't seen the movie in the theaters in I don't know how long, honestly. I can't think of the last movie I saw in the theaters. It's been a couple years, I think. So, yeah, that's that's where I am with watching movies. <laughs> I'm becoming right an, old, an old man. <laughs> I'm becoming the Indiana Jones in the chair in the movie, the, the grumpy old man who yells at the uh, the kids for playing their music too loud. <laughs> well, right. That's I mean, who I identify that's, with. That's kind of what I'm saying is I feel like the ass, the, the main thing about it is is the, the movie itself, not, not saying it's the best movie in the series by far, but it's not – a horrible movie and i think it's just really about what the audience is you know they, they probably yeah. spent too much on marketing they probably spent too much on the budget um well they obviously did because they're not breaking even right at this point and they might not they might will lose but i don't know yeah. i remember a lot of hyperbole about titanic being the biggest flop ever and obviously it was the biggest at the time the biggest movie sometimes these movies you know does the advertising just the fact that people are talking about the movie who knows what these guys they'll use the the loss and some sort of write-off i mean disney ain't going out of business. oh yeah oh yeah they, 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 they don't play care with that i think ultimately they don't care they just want to make a movie that doesn't like put them in hot water that's biz that's disney's yeah model they're just trying not to offend anybody and they're trying to make you know, I think they're still making quality movies, but whatever. If I'm in the minority on that, I don't really care because I don't watch a ton of Disney movies other than the Marvel and the Star Wars and, I guess, Indiana Jones. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not into the the cartoon movies anymore. I don't really care anything about that, the animated movies. Yeah. So it does, yeah. But that's not my market. That's not for me. I don't have small kids, and I don't care. Yep. <laughs> like, it's you not know, I don't, mine anymore either. Right. Yep. I mean, there's very few animated movies that could get me to the movie theaters other than spider-man right now i mean i haven't watched the latest but um you know yeah uh my my I, son I luke would. saw it said it was awesome so yeah i would see it too i, 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 I haven't really like heard i one. haven't heard anything bad about it it looks it looks really cool and you know it does i enjoyed yeah. the first one i thought that was really good so 
I did too. I thought it was great. It was very fun to watch visually. Just fascinating. Yeah. The the animation and the style was great. So yeah, yeah. I definitely want to see that. I'm a huge Spider-Man fan anyway, so. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, one more kind of semi-main topic. I'm really interested for you to talk about this really cool find that I just think is fascinating. And I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. You have a recent, um, (laughs) I guess it was an estate sale find. Yeah. That I just want you to talk about because I just think this is the coolest thing in the world. It's so silly on, on its surface, but. I just think it's one of the coolest. If I found this, I would be so giddy with excitement, and I would be showing it to everyone, and I'd be telling this story. So please tell your story of this amazing find that you recently picked up at an estate sale. Yeah, so um, I had spotted it, and you know, I'm looking at it. I'm thinking, like, that something, something. I, okay, first off, it's a roll. It's a four-pack of toilet paper, right? <laughs> okay, but... <laughs> What caught my eye is it had the Pac-Man logo on it, and I'm thinking to myself, like, why the hell would, why would they be running a Pac-Man? Like, what? I, I just, what year am I in? You know what I mean? Like, why is Pac-Man <laughs> on a toilet paper roll right now? Like, I could see, you know, Mario or Sonic because of their recent movies or whatever. Like, I didn't, I couldn't understand what this tie-in was for, for this toilet paper. And then I noticed it said Family Scott. And um, I wasn't familiar. I mean, I've, I know Scott's, Scott's toilet paper or Scott's tissue or whatever. So I was assuming this is the same company and it was old. And then I looked at what the prize was and it's like $5,000 for the grand prize. So I'm thinking like, all right, it's got to be old. I flip it over and on the backside, it, it got the, hey, let me grab it. I'll read it here. Um. Okay, so first place, because uh, it, it it breaks down everything on the back. It's so cool. It shows you, uh, it's like you could win one or more of these prizes in the Family Scott slash Scott Towels Pac-Man game. Um, so it, it has them ranked in order of what the prizes are. So And it tells you how many that go out. So, like, I mean, these are, they're probably following, like, real strict contest rules for this, because I don't think I've ever noticed this on a package before, but... Uh, first place was $5,000, and it says number available. There was four spots for that. Uh, second place was an Atari 800 home computer with the Pac-Man game. Uh, there was eight of those, so eight people won an Atari 800. Uh, the next prize was a, you know, a VCS, uh, the, the standard Atari 2600, and that came with the Pac-Man cartridge, so there was 48 of those. Okay, so so far we've gotten... Um, what 60 prizes so far and then the next one is the coleco tabletop pac-man so those little cool little mini arcades from the 80s yeah yeah Uh, there is a hundred of those um so they which i would have been ecstatic winning that as a kid that would have been so i I love those things those are cool i know i would have been happier with the auction with the atari obviously but that would have been a great i would have rather had that than the 800 computer i don't i just couldn't imagine (laughs) getting anything out of that computer. My parents would have never bought software for it. It would have just sat there. Um, those those little things had the coolest screens. Weren't they, those almost like vector graphics on those things? Yeah. I mean, they were old school, yeah, early 80s computers for sure. Yeah, um, those were cool. Oh, they were, but I mean, it's just, I never, I've never had any experience with them other than seeing them. So I'm sure I would have loved it. But anyway, uh, and then the last prize is a free four-pack of 
Family Scott or the Scott Towels Big Rolls. Coupon by mail. So you had the mail in the coupon. Um, 484,966 people won those. So probably this winning, this ticket that's in here is probably either nothing or one of these packs of toilet paper. But uh, there are 35, 35 prizes available for every 1,000 tickets. So that's pretty Dang. bad ratio <laughs> that's not <Yeah>. great <laughs> um game ticket including so the rules can blah, you blah, blah, see blah, blah. that floating around in there yeah it's right here in the front I so what's it like it. a piece of cardboard yeah in there like it's a little... like a little like a lottery ticket basically wow not not as thick as a lottery ticket but you know generally about a little little now, wider than a lottery ticket but essentially yeah now, i can't see if you can scratch something off Right, so you go into the back, and you know it's got. Of course, it's got various trademarks around. Um, so, <laughs> the crazy thing is, is uh, so it has a 1982 trademark. There's also an 80, but that's probably when they originally. Um, the 80 is Bally Midway, so that's probably you know the trademark for that name. But the trademark for this toilet paper. Uh, says 1982 Scott Pow, uh, Scott paper towel. So that's when this contest was, but it lasted for two years. Well, yeah, basically, because I mean it says the contest, the tickets must receive, must be received by January 6, 1984. So maybe not a complete two years, depending on when these hit the shelves, but pretty close. It's a pretty long contest. Wow. But, I mean, in theory, Duke, I could have a $5,000 winning ticket or an Atari in here. Of course, the You'll contest never know, is over. Because well, you're never going to open this, I'll, right? I'm never going to open it, but, I, I mean, I'm never going to win because the <laughs> contest is expired. But um, it also has a, a $0.79 cents price tag on the top. So, back in 1982, you can get a four-pack of Family Scott toilet paper for $0.79. Yeah, cents. that blows me away. Cause I don't, I don't know, I don't do the shopping typically in my home, but I can imagine a four pack of toilet paper is about what seven bucks or something. Probably. I mean, yeah, probably. Seventy nine right. cents. That is crazy. Now let me ask you this: Is the toilet paper inside? Can you see it kind of degrading? Yeah. Is it like? Um, it's a little discolored, but nothing really bad. I mean, it doesn't so usable you know, then. I think you could. Would you, would you trust a wipe with one with one of these? With a couple of squares, would you trust a wipe uh, to hold up? I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe. I'd probably Google it first <laughs> to make sure there wasn't some outlawed toxic chemical in it. But, yeah, it seems like it would work. Like, you wouldn't be overall, you wouldn't be the condition fearful. of the package, there's no tears. I mean, it's – this guy was a – you know, he was a prepper. I, you know, they so – I've been hearing people say hoarder, but – I mean, technically, I don't know, was a prepper and a hoarder that much different? But from what I was seeing, he had a lot of food. This guy had a lot. They were mm -hmm. saying that he had a lot of silver, um, tons of silver, like all kinds mm. of coins and stuff that were all over wow. the place. Matter of fact, one person found, I mean, there's just an honest people, too. They, they were in the back uh, looking through a box, and they found a whole box full of silver quarters, and they brought it in and gave them to the people. I'm like, man. That was probably Dang, that's, five that's grand cool, worth of yeah. silver there. Yeah, and they brought it in and gave it to them. Wow. Like, oh, they could have easily had just put it in their pocket or their, whatever. I mean, I mean, yeah. they did the right thing, and that's what you're supposed to do. But in this day and of age, I've, I've seen people 
swipe all kinds of stuff at estate sales, so I would not be surprised. Dang. I, I'm surprised that it didn't get stolen, but yeah. But anyway, uh, the guy was a prepper and passed away, and now his family is uh, going through. He had a Corvette in the garage, you know, like a nice old, like, I don't know, 58 or 59, 57, something like that. It was a really cool car. It was like one of those uh, split windows. It was a nice car. The guy was Man. a sports guy. He, he he had the Oakland Raiders stuff and Oakland A's stuff, and you know, so he was a Bay Area guy. He liked you know their teams, the uh, Giants, a couple other stuff around there. But um, he prepped on the toilet paper, and uh, he obviously wasn't too concerned about the contest because he could have pulled out the card and just taped it back yeah. shut. You know what I mean? Like if he wanted to still. Say he wasn't keeping it for a it, it wasn't a collector thing. There was collector stuff going on for sure. The guy definitely was into some things. He was into sports memorabilia. He had a lot of baseballs and stuff like that. I, he must have went to a lot of games because they looked like game caught yeah. balls. You know what I mean? Uh, some of them had autographs yeah. on them and stuff like that. But for the most part, they just looked like stuff that he must have caught when he he must have been season ticket holder or went to a lot of games. But um, man, the guy could have had five grand or an Atari. What was he thinking? So you, what you have here, this is why I think this is... Now, you did... Did you look this up to see if anybody else... Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing. I was going to say. So let, no let me get this straight. This, this could be, in theory, this could be the last one on the planet. I, I would not be surprised because what you have there is not only a consumable, but it's toilet paper. Nobody, nobody saved toilet paper like, like that. Like like for for decades or whatever, so I I just find it fascinating that you might be the only person on the planet that has a Pac-Man sealed, you know, family Scott toilet paper. I just I just find that just utterly fascinating. I I don't value wise not it'd be nearly impossible to put any kind of value on this because it would depend on what what some person right. some maybe pac-man fanatic you, you would have to would have a willing. hardcore pac-man fan i would think or an let me tell a combination you, of those i would imagine that if there is a hardcore pac-man fan that collected nothing but pac-man memorabilia this would be the find of a lifetime because nobody else is gonna is gonna be able to offer this to him i would imagine right so now, that's my next question: Is for the right price, would this be something you'd be willing to get rid of, or are you oh, sure. are you so excited to have? Okay, no, no, so that's I, I like having it, but I mean, I didn't I didn't set out to. What I'm not I'm what not necessarily. Number are a, we talking about here? Oh, well, I don't know. Like, I mean, it ain't gonna be like, like twenty well, uh, bucks. I mean, you know what I mean? No, like, no, no, I don't no, no, know. No. Like, I, I wouldn't think that, but if somebody okay, said, I don't know, five thousand. If somebody said five thousand, I would priority mail ship it to their house right now. <laughs> A hundred percent. I would ship it. I would overnight it. I would kick in the extra thirty bucks or okay, whatever. Okay, I went. I went too to high. Them. Then what? What about a thousand? I think a thousand. I would still be a player. Probably five hundred. I'd still be. I would definitely think about it. Anything less than that, I'd probably have to like find out what the true market is. If somebody made me a like an offer yeah. like that, I would five hundred or above. I probably would just take it. Anything under that, now obviously like four hundred ninety nine, but you know what I'm saying. Like if somebody offered me like two hundred bucks, I'd probably have to, I'd probably have to put it out there with some serious collectors and quite see what an interest could be on it. Because that's really the thing about stuff like this. It really comes down. It's to so weird, yeah. The interest. I mean, 
somebody could look at that and just think, no, I I give you twenty five dollars, fifty bucks tops, and that could be the market. Well, because there are rare items that aren't it, worth anything. You know what I mean? It could go either way to me because it's such it's so like it really has no value. Obviously, it's except for its its history or whatever, but it's so unique and it's so unlikely that there's there's many of these, if any, out there. That I would if, say if this there's... could make a great Stranger Things prop. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it is a cool thing for sure. You know what I mean? What I would it's... do if I had if I found that I probably would sit on it, let it simmer. I'd put it out there. And just for even just for curiosity's sake, not that I even necessarily would want to get you know give it up, but I would just wonder what kind of buzz it would create to see if it kind of like uh, got some conversations going. And um, gosh, give it enough time. I wouldn't be hasty if I were, if I were to want to get rid of it or sell it. I would not be hasty with it. I would certainly let it simmer for a while. But I gotta imagine if there's a hardcore Pac-Man fan that thinks he has everything there is to have and then sees this. That could be very, very valuable to him. You know, I that's the last thing that I can imagine I would ever need in my Pac-Man collection is this 1982. Somehow, someone still had a roll of toilet paper with Pac-Man game. You know, it's got Pac-Man imagery. We're gonna put it on the Discord, of course, but it's a cool-looking package too. It's got like a you know nice image on there, right? Doesn't it? Oh, if yeah. I remember right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got some visual appeal. It's it's. I mean, kind of looks good on the shelf if you're a Pac-Man collector, I'd say. And it's so unique that I just think it's the coolest thing, man. Well, I also say it's like a double, it's a double collect, well, maybe even a triple collectible, right? So it's definitely a Pac-Man collectible. And I think it's also kind of an Atari collectible because it's an Atari contest. And it's sponsored by Atari, you know what I mean? Like, that's on the package. And then there's the fact that, you know, it's like this old toilet paper. So there are people who collect old household items. Um, I don't know how many toilet paper collectors there are out there, but <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. there are people who collect like old Campbell soup cans and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, so there's definitely yeah. a market for old collectibles. Yeah. I mean, old yeah. like I mean, household Pac- stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, Pac-Man stuff is a niche, but, but you know, that type of Pac-Man stuff you know, or, or any kind of product like that, like like you know, Campbell soup can collecting is very niche. That is not a common no, no, thing I know, but I'm collect. just saying like there are people who collect things like that, soda cans, yes. you know, things like that. Like yes, this isn't yeah. they exist. I mean, so there are people. So there could be somebody out there. This could be their holy grail for toilet paper, for all we know. I don't know. Like I'm not yeah. saying it is, yeah. but it's possible. I don't know. Like <laughs> it could be. I you know I don't <clears throat> think. Well, think about. Think about cereal boxes. People collect right. unopened cereal boxes from like. Now I don't know. There's probably not a lot of that out there either. But there's probably more. Well, those of, are big space. And, yeah, I mean, but I imagine yeah. there's definitely more cereal collectors than there are toilet paper collectors. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. So I just think I just think it was the coolest find. That um, well, and it, the was, most it was unexpe- might ever. it was Yeah, it was unexpected. I mean, it's that that is yeah. the fun thing about estate sales. It's. You know, a lot of times they're not really pick through. Like they're just I mean, yeah, I'm assuming <clears throat> for the most part, these people they go through, they're looking for the silver, they're looking for money, they're looking for things like that. Some but it also depends. Like sometimes they're family operated, sometimes they're business operated. Um but yeah, you do get to do a lot of digging in things that other people haven't 
got to see. You know, a lot of times when I'm going through tapes, I'm the first person to mess with them. Like, they're just there. A lot of times when yeah. I go looking for tapes, I have to find them because they don't even think anybody wants them, and they're, like, stuck under a table. You know what I mean? And there's all yeah. kinds of things that people, like, it's hard to be an expert in everything. You know what I mean? When it comes to collecting and values and flipping. Um, but when you when yeah. you do this long enough, you start to know when something is valuable just by looking at you develop it. And I'm a not sixth sense, so to speak. Right. I mean, we're not talking like silver and gold. Like, that's an obvious. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, but, you know, like you'll look at, you know, just something that looks unique, has age on it. And then, you know, another thing I say is like, think about like, well, what did it cost when it was sold? Right. So you think of something like, you know, like a like a vintage phone or something, right? You know, at the time they were probably you know twenty five, thirty dollars. So there's your base, right? You know what I mean? Like there's kind of was, but then if you look at something like an old coat, and like that coat when it was sold, it was like a five hundred dollar coat. Well, it's probably not going to drop that much because just the price alone is probably going to limit how many there are. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then you yep. might look at something like if you've never seen it before. <laughs> Especially if you've been going to these things, you know what I mean? And you've never seen uh -huh. it before, then you might want to look a little harder. Like, okay, I've never seen that before, so let me look into it. You know, this was a no-brainer, especially because they gave it to me. It was free. I didn't have to pay for it. But, oh, my um, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. That might be worth more than the stereo system that was given to me for free. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> well, I think you're going to get more enjoyment out of the stereo system, but um, I think I might be well, able to beat you on the resale who knows i definitely kill you on the shipping that, though i tell you that <laughs> yeah, for sure last question in regards to this okay i know in your neck of the woods in california you know mexican's kind of popular right so you that's scenario here you go to your favorite mexican restaurant it's not sitting well with you you run to your bathroom at home you, you're, oh. you're scrambling <laughs> to get there on time you're, you're clenching up you're uh well, I'm not going to use that term, but you're, you're, you're having a hard time holding it in, let's say. And uh, you grab a roll of tool paper. You don't really notice what you're doing. You, you run into the bathroom, and you do your thing, and you realize it's the only tool paper you have is what you have, your Pac-Man toilet paper. What, what do you do in this scenario, Chris? I got to know. Do, do, you, do, you, do you open it up and no, use it? Or do you... Uh, Paper towels or something. No, there's no paper go, towels around. You're stuck. You go jump in the You're shower. Stuck. I don't know, dude. Like the shower, the water's off. You didn't pay the, the oh, wow. water bill. Wow. And I think I got more problems. <laughs> I use an old shirt. I don't know, dude. Like. Okay. <laughs> I so mean, you take so you, you're saying you will not use this for well what no I mean okay emergency first off, purposes all right listen first off I'm never gonna get to that point because I have a job it's, okay <laughs> so I can make sure I'm it's the sudden, it's the okay, I know it's, it's a, this crazy well the answer is no I'm not gonna do that that's ridiculous come on would you so you have a you have a pack of toilet paper in your hand but you would you're gonna slip your shirt off and and somehow use that instead. <laughs> Well, I could replace a white T-shirt for like fourteen dollars for a pack of four. Sure, sure. Okay. I mean, that, well, the, I can't the money, replace the money this angle for works. I can't replace this for fourteen dollars. Plus, I don't even know if the toilet paper is any good. It could be all for naught. It could all just <laughs> yeah, disintegrate you might, you might when be, I open. Uh, I don't know. You might risk a plunge through or something. You know. All just, right, let's the, let's the... move on. Let's, let's just move on. <laughs> okay. Well. You don't know it. There's a question mark uh, 
on, on our little guide here. You probably don't know what that is, but well, um, I saw you can't it. hear it. Yeah. yeah you probably thought it was a typo, but in, in no, reality. I, I was supposed to put something in there. Go ahead. No, no. That is because that was that is to remind me that uh, you can't hear it right now because it's going to be put in in post, but there's Pac Man music playing right now because I got some Pac Man trivia for you if you're up for it. Thought that'd be kind of fun to throw this in there real quick. It's not much. It's just ten. I, I, I found ten questions to ask you to see how how well you uh, do with Pac-Man. Let's let's uh, let's uh, so let's what, use a little caveat here. I never claim to be an expert on Pac-Man, but go ahead. I, I know. And here's how I'm going <laughs> to just just for fun. Okay. Uh, you got to get more than fifty percent to win. So if you get six right, uh, I'll say you won. How's that? That makes sense. Th what that do fair. I win? You uh, bragging rights. Bragging rights. Okay. okay. You're the you're the, right. the Pac-Man trivia champion of Retro Nonsense Podcast. As long as Probably. we keep, uh, you know, our our Atari podcast friend off the, you know, because I think he would destroy. <laughs> yeah. Ferg. Yes. I I know I'm Ferg. I just want to give us. So a let's plug. see here. My first question. Um, gosh, did I put this in here right? Let's. Um, where did the uh, creator of Pac-Man come up with the idea? This is probably an easy one. All right. Um, His name is Toru Iwatani. He was 24 at the time. And right. he, I, I'm pretty kind sure of it has something moment, to do with him, like eating a pizza and a, pe a piece of pizza was missing or something like that. That is correct. Right. That, that is, that is at, least, at least part of the story. But he was inspired by a, a pizza pie with one slice missing and he had right. that imagery in his head and that's how he came up with the character design of pac-man that's that's how the story goes anyway right. that's what the internet says and i've heard that before i i've heard something like that before too, okay yeah. so there there's one okay so do you know all four ghosts names in pac-man okay we got blinky we got clyde we got pinky blinky pinky clyde Oh, you're so close. Yes. And, uh, you got it. One more. Come on. Because I think three of them rhyme, and then there's Clyde. Yes. That's right? that's correct. You can do it. Right. Yeah. So we Blinky, got Pinky. Blinky, Pinky. I know it's not Stinky, but it should be, right? See. <laughs> it's not Stinky. <laughs> I know it's not. It's um, very close to Stinky, though. Right. Because um, hmm. I used to watch this cartoon, man. Blinky, Pinky. Think stinky, I mean, but a couple letters missing missing from the beginning. Yeah, a couple stinky, inky. No, yeah, that's it. Is it inky? That's it. Really? Yes, yes. All right, all right. It's blinky, pinky. You know, I inky, was gonna guess Clyde. inky, but I thought it's not inky. I don't remember inky, but okay. Uh, that's we'll, it. We'll, we'll put that so as I, a partial credit. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm giving you that one. You were so close, right. and you had it. I'm okay. giving you that as two. Uh, a side note: Did you know that? Each ghost has its own, uh, you know, quote unquote personality in the game. They each act differently. Yeah. Which I didn't. I don't know if I knew that. One kind of goes after Pac-Man. Well, the red one's the most one, aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. One if tries to cut correctly. off your your exit route. One like does this or does that. They all do something differently. So it's pretty, pretty impressive for its time what they did with. Yeah. Uh, you know the crazy the, the thing AI, is, it's so like I would know that more, but I was more of a Ms. Pac-Man guy. So yeah, I didn't yeah. play the the proper you know the 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 real Pac Man you know I didn't play that as much as Ms Pac Man my error was Ms Pac Man Pac Man was there don't get me wrong but 
I always preferred Ms. Pac-Man yeah. because the boards changed and there was the little cutscenes and you know what I mean. Like I felt like it was a more yeah. fun game. And I if it was, I don't want to say any more because I think be one of them game. might be one of the questions. Go ahead. I know a little. Yeah, I know it's known to be a better game. I I think I did play the original more, but I did play Ms. Pac-Man as well. But I, and that's known to be the better game. But oh, by far. Yeah. yeah. What company made Pac-Man? Uh, Bally's. No, Midway. Midway. That's my final answer, I think. Unfortunately, that is incorrect. Midway distributed Pac-Man, but Namco made it. Namco. You know, I should know that. The Namco Museum. Right. I knew that. All right, go ahead. I, I got that one wrong. Go for it. Next one. Yeah, you got that one wrong. Sorry. Okay, what year... Was Pac-Man released as an arcade machine? Uh, I think 1981. So close. 1980. 80. Hmm. 80. It was released now, are we talking in about May. in the States or in Japan? Yeah. It was released in Tokyo, um, May, and then in October of the same oh, year okay. in, in the States. No, they so. didn't come to You're my close. area to 81, so I'm going to count that one as a win. <laughs> go ahead. Now go ahead. I'm joking. Originally named Puckman, right. why was it changed to Pac-Man? Because they thought kids were gonna scratch off the P to make it Pac-Man. That's that's correct. That is correct. Yeah. Another one, right? Yeah. Okay. The tribute song "Pac-Man Fever" by artists Jerry Buckner and uh, Gary Garcia reached number nine in the U.S. charts in what year? I should know this because I just pulled that song up for this. Um, maybe eighty-one or it's got to be eighty-one or eighty-two, but eighty-one. Is it eighty-two? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's all in that so, same time frame. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. Um. So that is a cool thing that I have in my collection. I have the vinyl, the original vinyl of Pac-Man Fever. Um, a friend of mine found it. That I. Uh, the guy that I was talking about before that I know locally that collects with me and he, he dropped it off to me one day so it's a really cool item to have in my collection but yeah it's the original Pac-Man Fever vinyl yeah, I think it's got cool. a Donkey Kong song on there on side B or something it's got a couple that's, of songs that kind of sounds familiar was it a 45? no no it's, it's a, a full it's size a full record size? okay yep it's cool yep okay this is a hard one alright name the villain in the Pac-Man cartoon yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. It's a know. it's a strange name and I never heard of it. Yeah, I like I used to uh, man, I had Pac-Man fever back in 81 <laughs> or 82. Whenever the cartoon came out, I had the cards with the stickers and um I used to watch the cartoon every Saturday for however long it was on. I even remember the Christmas special was pretty fun, but yeah, I don't remember much about the characters other than Pac-Man and Ms. Pac-Man and Junior Pac-Man, the ghost. Well, if you're, are you giving up then? Yeah, I don't remember. Okay, so uh, let's see here. The cartoon features Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, and their child baby or Pac Baby, right? And their cat, cat Sourpuss, as they attempted to elude the evil nemesis M Mesmeron. Mesmeron. Mes Mesmeron. Yeah, hmm. he was obsessed with power pills. So that's. The bad guy in the Pac-Man Yeah, and they were just laying around the city, too, just randomly on the ground. <laughs> any any kid could just come up and get him, and nobody cared. 
Okay, this is kind of these are a little obscure as well. We'll see how you do. It sounds what, like what they're made up. Is... Go ahead. No, no, these are these are legit. All right. These are legit. I'm a professional uh, podcaster. I don't mess around with that <laughs> yeah. stuff. Okay. What screen does Pac-Man glitch, preventing the players from any further score? Do you know what screen number? Oh uh, no, I mean it's the kill screen, but I don't know what. I don't know how far it is. Yeah. I've I've watched Billy Mitchell do it, or supposedly yeah. do it. <laughs> no, I've seen him do it. It's pretty neat because <laughs> the whole half of the screen is all glitchy, and you yeah. just have to kind of. Mem- you know, no. You can't play anymore. Yeah, yeah. you just, well, you you can you can you can get the points, but after you know, it's the last screen. You can only get so many yeah. or something. I've watched it. It's pretty cool. He did it live yeah. on stage, yeah, which was which was kind of cool. It's too bad that guy. Well, I got to be careful because he's he's very logistical, but um, or not. Is that yeah. the right word? He litigious. Yeah, he's very litigious. I don't want to get sued. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, he's pretty. Uh, but yeah. I will say it's it's kind of a shame that his reputation is now in question, because when he set that world record, he did that on stage, where people were watching. When he went to the kill screen, and you know that was pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know where that stands now because he got all his records stripped and then he got them back, and I don't even know where it is yeah, right now. I don't know. It, it I don't goes know back either. and forth. I mean, obviously, the one from the King of Kong should be stripped because that's the one in question. That's the one yes. that they think was they ha- they were able to prove that it wasn't done on a yeah. regular cab yes. that tape that he sent in. Right. Uh, so that one yep. should be stripped. I think anything else that was witnessed, especially if it was on a verified cabinet like he has done, I don't see why that would be in question. I just think it's sad that the guy, you know, he had like this oddball kind of fame, you know. It just sucks. It's that a he, fascinating story. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> it just sucks that he threw it away. I mean, I love that King of Kong movie, and he oh my gosh, yeah, he completely leaned in on being the villain, which was awesome. Yeah, you know and. I, you know, was, I've was, seen that like five times. I love, I love that, that movie. It's, it's a great, great doc. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you ha- if anybody listening to this hasn't seen it, you know, as soon as you're done, look it up. It is a very fun movie. Yes, King of Kong: A Fistful of Quarters. It is yeah. even if you're not a video game fan, it you is don't have a to. Very it's just a well really done. good documentary. Yeah, and it's it's a great story. You're just yeah. seeing this guy, you know, trying to. I get I mean, you've this. got a villain, you've got an underdog, you've well, got it all. It's he's it's also great, like getting yeah. set up by all these sinister people. You know what I mean? Is his yeah. poor wife gets ambushed at their house? You know what I mean? Like it's yes, it's a yes. great, it's, it's a great. It has all kinds of terms. It's a great. You got this, this humble, like, this super humble guy who like cries and stuff. Yeah. He's like the sweetest guy in the world. You got Billy Mitchell, who's the most arrogant guy on the yeah. planet. Oh, Billy Mitchell always has a plan. <laughs> it's just this great story. So I highly recommend it if you haven't seen it. Yeah, it is. It is Definitely. a great watch, but. But the the kill screen is two fifty six. That's yeah, the screen that, number. Now that where, you say that, that sounds very familiar. But I couldn't. Have, yeah. I so yeah, this is another question you're not going to get because I never would. Nobody would unless you're a fanatic. You wouldn't know this. What is the perfect score? Because oh, there is there is yeah, one that, score. That's you actually can't... what Mitchell got was the perfect score. Um, yes. But I don't re- I don't remember what the score is now. So uh, achieving the perfect score is eating every dot, every power pill. Ghost and ev- and and bonus on every level right. without losing a single every, life, and that's how you get the perfect fruit, score. Every everything, yeah. And even when that kill screen comes, you have to be able to play. I think, if I'm not mistaken, play that left side of the screen mm-hmm. to its until you just there's nothing left to do. Right. And that is when you get three million 
333,360. That is the perfect Pac-Man score. No other, no other number, no other score is achievable. It stops there. And uh, more than one pe- person, you know, Billy Mitchell, I think, was the first yeah. to do it. it well, he also got, <laughs> um, like, that uh, award from Namco. They gave him, like, a trophy or whatever. Like, he was the first person to get the perfect score, at least documented. Who knows what happens? You know, there's all kinds of things that... Even like in that movie, Steve Weeb was uh, Steve Weeby was talking about how when he was in college, he knew he had a score that was competitive with the world record. That's why he was so motivated. He's like, I've had this score yeah. before. He knew he had cracked a million in college because they used to have uh, access to one and used to play it all the time. So who yeah. knows who else have done it? But he's, I believe, he's considered the person who got the first perfect score. Yes, and that is a segue into the final question so he is known as the first but there's someone else who is known as doing it the fastest do you know who that is <laughs> probably not uh i don't know steve weeby <laughs> no. uh, according to what i recently read and I, I don't know if this is up to date but from what i could the quick research that i did david race completed a perfect game of pac-man in three hours 33 minutes and 1.4 seconds I believe he has the record for the fastest, the fastest one, perfect yeah. score. That sounds yeah. cool. Yeah. He must have really so, got patterns down. That's a lot of practice to be able oh, to yeah. do that. You know, oh, yeah. that's a lot of work. So check this out. In a, in a, a third, in a sense, I kind of bumped shoulders, so to speak, with Billy Mitchell because I was in an arcade once, kind of a, a really nice barcade. I, I think it was in Florida. I don't remember where I was. I was on some trip with my wife. And I'm playing Pac-Man, and I see, like, Sharpie written on it. And it was signed by Billy Mitchell, and he had been there and played on that Pac-Man machine and signed it. Oh, and there was cool. a picture of him and everything. So I was like, oh, I'm playing I'm playing a Pac-Man machine that Billy Mitchell played. So it was pretty pretty funny. But, oh, well, we actually, um, me, Curtis, and, uh, and Matt actually met Billy Mitchell. I know. The picture is hysterical. Yeah, I remember but that. But I, I sat there and talked with him before that at his booth, before we found him and took the picture with him randomly. Um, yeah, I'd went to his booth and talked to him there, and uh, it it it's weird because he feels very detached, you know. Like he, yeah, yeah. He he didn't he didn't let me down though. It definitely was Billy Mitchell. He gave me the Billy Mitchellisms. Well, maybe they'd like it if I lose. I gotta try losing sometime. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you, you know, like I I I got my money's worth. You know, I bought a hot sauce off him and he signed it because <laughs> uh, he has his hot sauce and everything. Um. And also, uh, the one guy was there, too, the guy from uh, Twin Galaxies, uh, the former owner. Oh, his little cohort, his little demon Well, the, the guy, guy that's always in the referee outfit. I actually think that that oh, guy... Oh, him. Oh. Yeah, no, that guy... Um, he's weird. Well, I mean, he's a guy who his glory days were in those early arcade days, and he's still... What's his name again? Um, Walter Day. Well, even in... Walter Day, that's it. Right. No, I mean, I, I, that was probably a little abrupt or, or whatever but when i say it was weird he's, he's interesting like he he was kind well, of well he's uh, definitely even unique the, i mean that one part where he's playing guitar trying to show you that yeah that's what i was getting at yeah he kind of I mean, he's he's eccentric for sure or there's something weird eccentric about him. yeah that's a better weird is a little yeah but i he's think eccentric. <laughs> he seems he seems kind of like a pure-hearted guy i i would hope yeah. so i don't yeah. Like, that cheating scandal, I really don't... I think he was a patsy in that. I don't think he really had anything to do with it. I think he just believed in Billy Mitchell. He's a super fan. 
Like I, I, I imagine, think he was manipulated by Billy Mitchell. Well, yeah, I, I think, think he was when Billy Mitchell was the big cool guy on the on the thing, he was like the the the, the nerd who wanted to hang around with the cool kid. If you go, I have yeah. the I have the Time magazine, the or it's a Life magazine. It's one or the other. I, I'll I'll put it on the Discord. I have it where they were showing all these world records, and they have all these kids on the cover who had, and they were standing by all their machines or something like that. It was a big group of them, but they were in the magazine that talked about which world record they had, and Billy Mitchell had his little moment in there. And it's funny because the picture, he has this big hickey right on his neck. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I've seen that. Yeah. It's just and so he looks funny. like he's high as a kite. His yeah. eyes are all like half open. Yeah. yeah and he's just, he got a big old hickey. He's a big playboy back then, man. What a dork. Yeah. It, you know, say what you will about the guy. You know, it, yes, he's arrogant. He's a narcissist. He's probably a liar. But, you know, it, he's been good for the community because, sure. you know, you either love to hate him or you love him. Either way, he's he's invigorated a lot of interest in arcade machines, and of course the the documentary was. So I, he's a fun character to have out there floating around to bump into or to have at conventions, and just to, you know, regardless of how you feel about him, yeah, I think well, it's just sad, kind of fun. And neat. I think the sad part is, is he is a real excellent player. Like he was streaming oh, on yeah. Twitch for a while, and oh, he yeah, had I've the camera him. on his hands uh-huh. and had it on the thing, so you you know it was all in the up and up. And I was watching him play Donkey Kong, and the guy's a tremendous player. Absolutely. I don't think there's, there's any. No doubt. The, the thing is, is, he probably just got lazy, and he probably just didn't want to put in the work, and he didn't like the fact that people had was going after his world record. Because also part of that, Doc, the fact was is when they were going for the world, there was another person who had the world record at the time. They don't mention that in the documentary. If you go back and kind of look through it, you know, it was a little bit of nice editing. It made it seem like they were both challenging for the world record, but there was actually another dude. He just wasn't there who actually mm. had the world record. So I think he was already feeling the heat from this other guy to begin with. And, you know, he didn't want to get stood up. And he probably went home yeah. that night when he was at the arcade and he saw Steve Weeby there playing and all that. And he probably was feeling some pressure and, he, you know, he's obviously an egotistical guy who doesn't want to lose his minions, right? All these people look up to him, and he didn't want to lose that. And he probably went home and fabricated this yeah. high score. Didn't think anybody would know. Didn't realize that even though they didn't know then that this stuff would last forever and some other guy would who... The thing is, there's people who really know the ins and outs of these boards, and they know how yeah. they play. And they know what every screen is supposed to look like and how they're supposed to transition and all that. You're not going to fool yeah. these guys. The fact that he got away with it then was because they didn't have access to it. Nobody saw the tape. Right. When they finally released this footage, he got busted instantly. People knew immediately that it was a meme, that they well, were using his, save his... states and stuff, and he was splicing together the run. Yeah, he would. He used MAME. That, that's yeah, what they kind of determined. Say, it. Yeah, screens, so, uh, stave states, yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you, you mentioned he's a great player, and he is. But his downfall is being great wasn't good enough. He had he's a narcissist and right. he's a mani- manipulator, master manipulator. So he he has to be in control and on top and the best. And there's just no other there's no other scenario for someone like that. So that's well, his downfall. Is even look his away arrogance. The, well, right. Even look at the way his parents would talk about him. They they, they were know, talking about him like you know he had cured yeah, cancer like he's a god. or something. Yeah, it's like yep. 
You know, like, so... He always he, finds a way. He always wins. Oh, he, nobody ever beats Billy. Billy will find a way, you know? It was just so <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. Like, he had a superpower or something. And it's like, what are we talking yep. about here? An arcade machine? Like, it was it was very right. silly, some of the background players of that. But... Uh, it, it really was. Even, like, that one guy, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, me and him had, a, had you know, we had problems. But, you know, he came around and had to you know let me know that i was the best and now we're good friends or whatever and it's like you arrogant prick you know what i mean like <laughs> it was just so silly to watch all these people you know you think these guys are all in their you know at the time probably mid 40s or early late 30s or whatever and they're still clinging to this you know burst of time in their life which was probably you know one of their greatest times in their life and we can all identify with that but you know yeah yeah it's just, uh, but yeah, it's a great documentary. It's a fun story. Though. It is. Fun. It's a great documentary. It's a fun story, and it's it's still fun to kind of peruse the internet and and, and just kind of keep in touch with with what's going on in that in that kind of realm, which is a little outside of our you know interest as far as video games. I, I was never a huge arcade guy, so that's a little bit of a different crowd. But it's fun to kind of you know just check in and see what's going on on that front because there's always something going. He's always suing somebody. He's always in the news. He's yeah. always like getting his record stripped and then put back and whatever. So it's it's just kind of fun to have a character like that in the community to kind of I don't know invigorate it sometimes and just kind of be out there doing his thing and you can make fun of him or you can join his team or whatever. And it's just kind of I find it entertaining. Let's say so. Well, that is the the trivia. Um, unfortunately, Chris, you bombed worse than Indiana Jones Five, so you, uh, you got three. <laughs> you got three right. Um, but uh, maybe next time, maybe maybe next time you'll get the uh, the moniker of Pac Man well, trivia champion. Maybe next time I make Retro a trivia Nets. for you. Okay, that, that's a good idea. Because I, I think and, uh, I can... remember when me and you did a trivia contest, <laughs> and I remember destroying you. So you did. Oh yeah, hmm. have to go back and uh, go back, go back into, into the, the archives. And yeah, and I remember destroying okay. <laughs> you. It wasn't even close. But um, yeah, I I must admit I'm not the best with with trivia and like you know <laughs> useless knowledge in my head just doesn't stay there. So I don't retain information that well. Yeah, so. no, I hear you. All right, well that is the show. That was fun, Chris. Thanks for uh, playing along. I know that was kind of a surprise, but that was kind of the point too. So thought it'd be kind of fun to throw that in there. Anything else before we close out? Ah, no. That's it. Okay. Well, I know we talked about we we might do a we were talking about doing a um breath or I'm sorry, Tears of the Kingdom episode and maybe having my son Luke on who is a Breath of the Wild slash Tears of the Kingdom fanatic. And uh, I know we were both playing the game. Um we both kinda of fell off of it a little bit. I've been playing it, I don't know, a couple times a week if that, just because life's been so busy. I think you're in the same predicament. So if we if we're playing it more and get back into it, we might be doing that for our next episode, but maybe not. Maybe we'll do something else. So anyway, that is it. Thanks for listening, and uh, jump on and play some Mega Mania, and there's still some time for uh, you know putting your high score on the Discord. And with that being said, we'll see you next time. All right, gather around, cabbies, gather around. Come, 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 come. You guys are always complaining that you're bored, that there's nothing to do in this garage. Well, now you've got something to do. Guess what's under here? Uh, is it a volleyball? Close. Allow me to present Pac-Man. Pac-Man. <laughs>
going to be the lucky pup who gets to play the first game. Somewhat compulsive personality. Step forward. Now. You see, there's the maze. Uh-huh. Right. You see the little things inside the maze? Uh, the dots. That's right! Oh. The dots! Oh. Iggy, you were born to play Pac-Man! <laughs> now, now, the object of the uh -huh. game is to move that little yellow circle around with this stick uh -huh. and eat up all the dots. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, 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 Iggy, Iggy. Settle down, settle down, settle down. There's more. More? <laughs> now, you see those, those monsters in the middle? Uh-huh. All right, they come out yeah. and try and eat you. Whoa! <laughs> white things flashing, uh -huh. well, those are yeah. energizers. Yeah. Yes, if you eat one of those, then the, the monsters turn blue, and then when you eat them, you get points for eating them. Piggy, oh. <laughs> are you ready? Oh, I'm ready, boy. All right, all right, all right. All right. Oh, I, I love his enthusiasm. Piggy, <laughs> okay. Oh. The first one is on me. Oh. <laughs> now remember, uh -huh. you only get three chances. <laughs> is it over? Yeah. That was the greatest thrill of my life. <laughs> 